Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Bat Around. I'm your host, Paul Valley. With me today is not Zach Goodman. It is Griffin Bass filling in for Zach Goodman. Griffin, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great, Paul. Well, I mean, after the Orioles game, not too great. But, you know, you know, as far as uh, as far as things go, uh, not too bad. Yeah, man. Well, <laughs> I, I certainly appreciate you hopping on the show today and, and helping us out. And I will tell you... It is really hard to do the rundown for the show when the Orioles play so poorly. And the beginning of the year, the first two months of the season, they played really well on Fridays. I think they won almost every single Friday that they played. Well, four of my last six shows, four of the last seven overall, they have lost 12-2, to 10-3, 13-1, and 8-1. to So it has been really trying to do a show when you're pissed off at the yeah, team, yeah, for that, lack of a better terminology. That makes sense, uh, and it seems like there's kind of one thing that came around right when they started losing on Fridays, those uh, City Connect jerseys. Oh my God, man. You know, I try not to talk about it on the show because I don't, I do buy into um, like auras and stuff like that and like th- things having, like like just, I can't think of the, uh, that terminology either, but I do buy into that stuff, but I know a lot of people don't. Like the announcer jinx, that's a thing. Right. That's a real right. thing. And the the City Connect jerseys, they are terrible. And they have one win and four losses now in those City Connect jerseys. And I think all the losses are on Friday night. It's been a... Uh, and then I guess the Saturday against Texas as well. And then... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. right. They lost the first two games yes. of that series. You yes. are you are correct. By the way, today's show brought to you by PressBox Online Offers. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers now and get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after placing your first $5 bet. See this and other great sportsbook offers at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Griffin, how do you feel about gym locker rooms? Like, uh, I mean, I don't like the smell of them. I, I can <laughs> I can say that. Uh, you, you know, otherwise, you know, it's just a part of life, I think. You know, it's just something that you got to, you just got to deal with and you uh, got to live through. Oh, know? man, I'm telling you. And the reason I bring this up, I am, it put me in some kind of mood today, man. Because I, I like to go to the gym pretty frequently and I always go early in the morning. Today's gym session was a really good one. I go in the locker room. I walk around the corner. There are five gym locker, um, there are five gym locker room shower stalls that have curtains. Right. And then there's two on the other wall that are around the corner, hidden away from everybody's view. There is this old man in the second sta- shower stall where everybody that walks into the main part of the of the locker room can see directly into this stall. Mm. This man mm. does not have the shower curtain closed and he's Why just he? it, he's just there gratuitous nudity oh, for the man. world to see, man. And I like it this is not your home. This is a public locker room. Nobody wants to see you naked, man. It doesn't take much energy. I get it. You're like 82. They like you don't have a ton of energy anymore. You should have enough energy. You're at the gym to close that cou- that, that that shower curtain. Maybe it's credit to him. You know, he he just put in such a good workout that he didn't even have an ounce of energy <laughs> left to pull what? the curtain around. And and uh, and he also wanted to show off. You know, the great that great 82 year old bod that he's rocking. And I I, I got to some inspiration you, probably. I I, <laughs> I I gotta tell you, man. I didn't put think of it in those regards. Maybe he was so worn out from his. His, his workout that he couldn't close that shower curtain. Maybe that is the case. All I know is that I was in that locker room for about 15 minutes. So was this gentleman. And between the shower and him 
go, meandering around. Not once did I see him clothed. Not once did I see him clothed. And I'm, I, it's just, I'm not there for that. I am not there. And nobody else is. I'm, I'm thinking about putting a sign up that says, nobody just, needs just, to see this. Cover up. Yeah. Okay. You know? I, I Sorry. Like others would probably appreciate it. So, yeah. 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 I, I, I know I'm not alone in this. No, you can't be. I know. Can't Th- there's there's can't no be. way. You know what else I'm not alone in, Griffin? I am not alone in my disdain for the Orioles game last night. It yeah. was yeah. It was atrocious. And look, Pablo Lopez is a good pitcher. There's a reason that the Twins traded a guy who's batting 400 for Pablo Lopez. He's a good pitcher. This year, he's had middling results. ERA near 4.5 going into last night's game. And he absolutely dominated the Orioles. Through six innings, he gave up, what was it, three hits, yeah, one the, run. The first run, or the first hit, was that Austin Hayes cheap infield single. Yep. And so, I mean, yeah, he was he was, he was was on it. And the Orioles really, I mean, he had three walks. That was really the only part where he looked even remotely vulnerable. And and the the walks, the Orioles did nothing, they did nothing to, to take advantage. And you can go back to their, their last three games. There have been three instances where they had an opportunity to put runs on the board, and they failed miserably. And I'm not trying to come down on too hard because they're a good team. They have one of the best records in all of baseball. But you look at these wasted opportunities. The second inning last night, you have a walk to put runners on first and second. Adam Frazier swings at the first pitch and weakly flies out to right field. Then you have another walk to load the bases, and Cedric Mullins swings at the first pitch, and he weakly flies out to right field. Uh, and... It ends the inning. The Orioles don't score. You go back to the sixth inning on Wednesday. There's a walk. There's a four-pitch walk. Then Jordan Westbrook swings at the first pitch and grounds into a double play. Then there's a five-pitch walk. So the two guys sandwiched around Jordan Westbrook walked on nine pitches. Then you have um, – so now you have the a runner on first base. There's two outs, and there's an F9. Should have been bases loaded. Um, nobody out. A run home because I think there was a hit-by-pitch in there also. Should have been bases loaded, nobody out, a run home to tie the game, and the Orioles still batting, uh, again, with nobody out. Instead, they're out of the inning with no runs. Then you go back to the seventh inning on Tuesday. Mullins walks. He bluffs going after two throwovers before another pitch is thrown. You know that he's going on the next pitch. You know he's going on the next pitch. It's 1-0. He takes off, and they pitch out. It's an obvious pitch-out situation. It's a, it's a close game late. Maybe wait a, wait one more pitch. Right. Maybe wait one right. more pitch. Instead, he gets thrown out. Um, Westberg walks. O'Hearn, 3-0. Check swing, which would have... Um, check swing, ground out to, to shortstop. There's a good chance with how erratic this pitcher was throwing that he would have walked as well. Then they hit by a pitch. Then Hayes caught looking. Now, look, that was the at-bat where Hayes took a pitch that was six inches inside, and it was called a strike. But then there's the next right. pitch... The next yes. pitch was inside, but it was in the strike zone. After the pitch, and there, there's something to be said for being frozen, for getting caught on a pitch you're not expecting, but you got to try and fight, fight it off. To be caught looking there in a situation where that game is close, those are three wasted opportunities in, at the time, close games where the Orioles could have, you know, gotten themselves back in the ball game and they didn't, and they ended up losing. Now they've lost three games in a row for this, just the second time all season, which is again a credit to the team, but you kind of feel like the other shoe's dropping. A little bit with this team, right? Because the the middle relief has been awful. The starting rotation has been inconsistent, and now the bats are really slowing down at all at the exact same time. Right. It kind of feels like, and now they're heading into July. It's another gauntlet. It could be a, a tough sledding for them for here for a little bit. Yeah, it feels it. It certainly feels like that. It, it also feels though that whenever this does happen with this team this season, they've 
found a way to break out of it. And so it's it, everything you mentioned is 100% true, and it makes you feel really, really worried about what, what where they are at, where they're at right now, and, and you got to hope it's just a, a just a really bad stretch of hopefully three games, and then they, they find a way to, for the offense to break out. Um, and they just got to – they. The, the the lineup the lineups are I because I know you wanted to talk about you know the the, the bad players that they continue to play mm-hmm. and you know it's hard to see Frazier at this point still in the lineup and you know because it, it doesn't seem like he brings much def- he doesn't bring anything defensively mm-hmm. and he it, it he doesn't really come through with big hits anymore well, I mean obviously of course Wednesday night he 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 did come through with a hit and it. But yeah, the, the bullpen is also a bit, is a big problem. We saw now now that we see other teams are making bullpen moves. It, it I think hopefully that puts the pressure a little bit on Mike Elias in the front office, and and we see them. I I would really like to see another bullpen arm, whether that's you know Scott Barlow from the Royals or you know anywhere anywhere Joe Kelly from Chicago White Sox, uh, Keelan Keelan uh, Williams from the from the Ke- that's not his name Keelan I can't remember his last name it begins with a W it might be it might be Williams it might be. Woodford, I can't even remember, but he's having a really, really nice season. Uh, ERA about two and a half for them in, I want to say, 24 games. I think he's averaging a strikeout or two per inning. Um, he's having a really nice year for them, and they're having a bad year. The Orioles, uh, maybe you get a package for um, him and uh, Lucas Giolito yeah. or Lance Lynn. Yeah. I, I know Lance Lynn's not having a great year, but he's been a bulldog in his career, and I think if he gets in the right situation, the right environment, he can get back to that level. It seems like, as you say, the, the calendar's turning to July, and they went completely cold this past week. Mm-hmm. When you add another guy, even if they're not going to be, you know, an all-star or a superstar, that kind of caliber, is when you add another guy that is there to help the team, that 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 helps that helps boost the locker room, boost the boost the clubhouse. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. And we're going to get to the Orioles rostering some bad players in just a <laughs> second here. But I want to go back and talk about about Dean Kramer. Yes. Uh, Dean Kramer allowed another two home runs last night, and he has allowed five his last two starts. He has allowed nineteen to tie with. Uh, Tyler Wells for the team lead. Only two pitchers in baseball have allowed more home runs than Tyler Wells and Dean Kramer. Orioles have put uh, the Orioles starters have put the team in a first inning deficit three of the last four games. Uh, Kramer and Gibson have really hurt the team the last the last two games. Neither one of them got past the third. Well, no, Gibson got, went, got into the fifth, but he went four and two thirds right. innings. But your last two starters have combined to go uh, what is it seven and two thirds innings. And allow twelve runs on sixteen hits. You, that that can't happen. No, that absolutely can't happen. And now you're seeing, and you know, Stan brought up the the rotation in his um, four midseason observations article last week. And I combated him about the rotation because at the time when he wrote that article, the Orioles' rotation was fifth best in the American League for the month of June. Their ERA was about three seven five. Tyler Wells is, was emerging as an ace. Kyle Gibson had put together three or four really strong starts. Bradish has been good for a good while yeah. now. They were starting to really look. I mean, in Dean Kramer's ERA since May, he was six and two with a three thirty three ERA since the beginning of May, going into his start last Saturday. So, and then he went seven innings and he gave up three solo home runs for the three runs. He looked. He's looked really good aside yeah. from those home runs. A week later, you're looking at this rotation and what they've done over the last eight starts. And let's go back to this here. Tyler Wells, three walks, two home runs, four runs, two earned, five innings pitch. Gibson, three walks, a home run, five earned runs, three innings pitch. Kramer, walk, three home runs, three earned runs, seven seven innings pitch. Bradish, two inning, two. I'm sorry, seven innings, two hits, two earned runs. Irvin, three innings pitched, one earned run, but a rain delay knocked him out of the game. 
And then Tyler Wells, six innings pitch, two earned runs with a, and a home run allowed. They had three really strong strong starts in a four start stretch. You don't know what Irvin's would have done, what Irvin would have done because of the rain delay. Um, but then you get back to Gibson and Kramer, and again, four and two thirds innings, nine hits, six earned runs. Kramer, three innings pitch, seven hits, two earned, two home runs, seven earned runs, thirteen earned runs in seven and two thirds innings. The rotations ERA over that stretch six fifty two with a fourteen twenty one rip and whip and ten home runs allowed in eight games. They've got to be better than that, especially when you look at how bad the middle relief is. We're getting mad that Keegan Aikens in a game the other right. day. They he Hyde has no other options. He can't go Coulomb, Cano, and Bautista every single day. Perez looks like he's starting to come uh, come along, but Keegan Aiken not a big league pitcher. Mike Bauman and Brian Baker are the same dude. They they're either really good or really bad. Bauman I think has been a little bit more consistent this yeah. season. I, I think we can give him that. Um, but yeah, Baker has Baker's not looked great the last few weeks. Yeah, I and, mean, started awesome, but he's mm-hmm. been really wildly inconsistent recently. Yeah, and Kramer was so disappointing last night, especially, you know, like you said, the last couple starts that he, or the last, you know, several starts he's made. We did an exercise yesterday on Glenn's show where we did, you know, the, our first half superlatives, and, and, I, and I made Dean Kramer my biggest surprise. Like, uh, like you know, the way that he turned around after a, a very bad April, mm-hmm. um, and, and then he puts together that start for last night, and yeah, he just did not have it. I mean, he had did have five strikeouts, so he had a little bit of something, but he was not, he was not, he clearly did not have what he normally does. Outside of those strikeouts, a lot of hard contact, a lot yeah. of base hits, not yeah. missing many bats. And you kind of saw it coming last week. I was at the game on Saturday, and he gave up those three home runs, and none of them were cheapies. But he went, through, he got seven innings, and those right. were the only runs that he gave up. They were all solo shots. Efficiency. Efficiency. Yeah. 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 So you're thinking... On the one hand, three home runs. On the other hand, seven innings, you know? So you don't know how to feel, but then he puts together that dud. It's really two less than um, quality starts from him, despite he, him having it, what's technically a quality start last Saturday. And look, and, and Stan kind of, um, I sent him, him my notes every Friday night. And he kind of was like, you can't freak out over an 8-10 to 10 game stretch. Well, I'm, it's not that I'm freaking out over an 8-10 to 10 game stretch. It's the fact that the... We you could see this coming, you could see it coming with the bullpen, the batters in the lineup that that have. I mean, nobody wants to talk about the fact that Adley Rutschman has been, has hit two twenty yeah. since the beginning yeah. of June, and, and no nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about the fact that nine of their uh, position players have an on base percentage below three hundred in the last calendar month. Nobody wants to talk about that, but it's a thing. And if you're watching it, and the fact that they've scored. Three um, runs or less in 13 of 24 games in the month of June and 18 of the last 31 games overall, and they've scored three runs or less in 32 of 80 games, 40% of their games, exactly 40% of their games, they are scoring three runs or less. That is not good. You can't have that. And then when your starting pitcher goes out against statistically one of the worst offenses in all of baseball in the Minnesota Twins and gives up two home runs and seven runs in three innings, that you put yourself in a hole against a team that you should have no problem handling. Now you got to go out and hope you get a victory today because tomorrow you got to go up against Sonny Gray. And yeah. he's one of the best pitchers in With baseball. With Cole Irvin on the mound. With Cole Irvin <laughs> on the mound and likely a bunch of backups. You know, Rutschman will probably be catching because he didn't catch last night. Yeah. But you're looking at, you know, probably Ryan McKenna starting tomorrow. You're looking at Jorge Mateo. Uh, hopefully Westbrook's playing second base. You don't know what kind of bullpen arms are going to be available after today. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You, I mean, like, 
to win this series. And look, every time I say it's going to be difficult for the Orioles, they go out and they prove me wrong. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I know baseball. I know what my eyes tell me. And my eyes tell me that unless they start making moves now, don't wait to the deadline. Start doing stuff now because it's going to get a lot worse before it gets a lot better with the, what they have coming up in the month of July. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think uh, it, it, it. we don't want it to get late uh, early, you know? Like, yeah. It, they, Aurora Chapman's already gone. I don't know if the Orioles were ever even considering him, but, you know. They shouldn't have been, yeah. though. And I'll, I'll get to that in my final thoughts today. Okay. He is not somebody that you want on your baseball team. But continue, please. Okay. Uh, yeah, but, you know, I, I, I think they need to – they clearly need to make a move. You can't be going – you can't be handing the ball to Keegan Aiken and Bruce Zimmerman in mm-hmm. a spot where you still have, potentially have a chance to win a baseball game. Yeah, you, you absolutely can. You, you, I'm glad you mentioned Keegan Aiken and Bruce Zimmerman. Guys, it, we've seen enough to know that these guys are not big league pitchers. Adam Fraser is still playing every day. And the Orioles and their fans have got to stop falling in love with these middle infielders who can't hit their weight but get a clutch hit once every week or two. Adam Frazier has nine home runs. They've all been big home runs, right? They've all, for the most part, except for the one that he hit a couple of weeks ago, most of his home runs have been when the Orioles were within three runs or less or they were the game was tied. They've been big home runs. He otherwise has a 223 batting average on balls in play. He's hitting what what is he, what's he hitting now? 225. Frazier uh, or yeah. Adam Frazier. He's in about 225 on base percentage of about 305, a slugging percentage of about 360. I'm sorry, it's like 398. OPS well below 690. He's he's not having a good year, and his defense, he has no range. He is in the first percentile of defense among second basemen. Not good. That's not good. No. So, and now you have Jordan Westberg up. There's no reason that he shouldn't be playing every day, especially after an off day. And I know Brandon Hyde likes to match up. He likes to do lefty, righty, righty, lefty. I get that. At some point, you've got to say, I don't care if this guy's right-handed going against a left-handed pitcher. He's an everyday player. And Jordan Westberg, has the way he started his big league career, the way he's been in AAA, he looks like he sh- he's an everyday player. He looks like somebody yeah. that should be playing every single day. Jorge Mateo, utility guy. Um, you know, Ryan O'Hearn. Ryan O'Hearn hits cleanup for this team, and now he's getting exposed. This is a guy who, great platoon player, bat him against righties as a left-handed batter every now and again, but he should not be playing every day, nor should he be hitting in the four-hole. Great month of June, but his track record for the long haul shows that what he's been showing us the last week or so is more so the guy that he that he is rather than the guy we saw the previous three weeks. we got to get Stan the Fan on the line. While Griffin does that, I want to remind you that the latest edition of Press Box is available now. Um... On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact the late Tony Saragusa has had both on and off the field in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Ty Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation, and you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. Remember, the press box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farms stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Uh, while Stan, uh, while we're getting Stan on the line here, I um, want to remind you folks that again, 
Today's show brought to you by the Toyota Tacoma, which comes in a range of models and trim lines, and you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Joining us now for his weekly segment, he is Stan the Fan. Charles, and he's live with us here on the Bataround. Stan, good morning. I uh, just want to point out, it is Griffin uh, sitting in for Zach today. Zach, I can't even remember what he's doing, but he's out doing something. How are you today, Stan? He's probably out general managing somewhere. Yeah, I, I I think so. He and I had a conversation last week, and he's starting to get down on his career in baseball at a very young age. I told him I told him he's got to stick with it. He's too young to give up on it right now. So hopefully he's out doing something that will reignite his fuel. But uh, Stan, right. Stan, I combated you last week over the starting rotation. Um, last night I said I was wrong. They did have a, a three start, three out of four start stretch in the middle of the week where they had um, quality starts. The other one was Cole Irvin, three innings, one run, and then they had the big rain delay. But what they've gotten out of uh, Kyle Gibson and Dean Kramer, the last, their, each of their last two starts, less than desirable. Is the pressure really on this team now to go get a starting pitcher, or are they still going to wait till the deadline to do it? Uh, it sure doesn't look like they're going to be in any hurry to do it, you know. Um, so, I, you know, that's a tricky question. Uh, I still expect Irvin to to appear and start to give the club some, some quality starts. Um, I mean, if you look over his past two years, that's sort of what is in his DNA. He's not a superstar by any means, but he can – he can easily pitch to, uh, you know, for 70, 80 innings at a 3.5, 3.6 ERA, in my opinion. So I think that will help solidify things. That was a game plan going into the season, um, and I don't quite understand why they jettisoned that plan so quickly. But, uh, you know, they definitely have some uh, – this team is being held back by its its – it's pitching, and I'm not just saying the starting pitching. You know, their bullpen has really sprung a couple leaks too. You know, yeah. The, the, so the, I think I think I think Michael Elias has got to have the intestinal fortitude to maybe try and fix that bullpen right now. I don't know where Tate is. I don't know where Givens is right now. I know Givens is with the team right now. I see him in the, um, you know, locker room, and I see them in the dugout during games. But uh, they they need a, a couple new arms in that bullpen, in my opinion. They absolutely do, and I know that um, Brandon Hyde said that uh, the injury list reads like a Monday morning list after a, after a football game the, from the previous Sunday. And um, yeah. I, I know that Givens and Tate were brought back to Baltimore to be reevaluated before they go back on mm-hmm. rehab assignments. So it's not looking good for either one of them. Dean Kager, Dean, yep. I'm sorry, Dean, <laughs> Keegan Aiken and Bruce Zimmerman are both uh, having issues. Although Zimmerman, he gave the Orioles a couple of really strong innings last night. He did give up that one home run when he came into the game. But aside from that, he has um, he got. He, he's got some homeritis. There's no question about it. But I, I've liked a little bit more of what I've seen of him lately. Um, first of all, it looks like he, he trimmed down. Doesn't he look more lean than in the past? I always he thought he looked kind of lean. But... There. 
Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I, I didn't no, pay too I, much attention. I've, I've been around him, and he's uh, not chunky, but he's burly. I mean, he's big. He's a big guy, but he looks just more athletic uh, to me. And I've liked, I've liked him a little bit more. In other words, we're, we're splitting hairs here because I like him more in, than I do Aiken right now. And that's not, hard, that's not a high bar right now. Yeah, they've put Keegan Aiken on the 15-day IL with a with a back issue. He has been mm-hmm. dreadful since last since the end of last June, um, if not a little bit before that. Uh, t- to me, Stan, this guy has to prove again that he's a big league pitcher because he hasn't done it for for almost a calendar year now. Um, Bruce Zimmerman, he's been yeah. better than I expected, but and it seems like the entire team has an with the aside from the last three guys in the bullpen it seems like the entire team has the issue with homeritis uh you know uh, Dean Kramer and Tyler Wells have each given up 19 only two pitchers in baseball have given up more we Grayson Rodriguez mm-hmm. uh, had the homeritis as you said and he's still giving up at least one home run every start down in AAA it really and Cole Irvin if he misses with this changeup that ball is getting pounded 400 feet every time uh yeah. It's yeah. it's been a serious issue. I was listening to Rob Long on the Big Bad Morning Show the other day, and he mentioned the idea of John Means coming into middle slash long relief for the Orioles since he's going to be limited with his innings anyway uh, to end the season. What are your thoughts on John Means maybe taking over as that long man before he gets back into the rotation next season? Um, it makes perfect. It makes perfect sense to me. You know, yeah, I wouldn't have stood. I mean, uh, it's pretty much stating the obvious though. I mean, when a guy like that comes back and he's had a setback too, it's not like you're expecting him suddenly to just be thrust into the rotation as a savior. You know, you're hoping to get some quality innings out of him and he should be, if he's, if he's fully healthy and proves it on a rehab assignment, when, when they're ready for it, The, the question is the timing you know, we're talking about now needing some some fortification in the bullpen, and the guy we've left out is maybe Nick Vespi will, will be the guy, you mm-hmm. know. Um, maybe they'll get somebody that's better than Zimmerman and Vespi will stay. So yeah. um, that's that's where they're at right now. I, I just I couldn't pinpoint maybe Mike Elias could or Chris Holt could. I can't pinpoint when they're going to have John Means back. So to me – that's not really a topic that's front and center for me. When he's ready, he'll probably help the team in some capacity. I imagine that he will, and I'm just going off of what Michael Elias said that they that, that they're hopeful for August, and they said that he's already that he's back to playing catch and everything like that. So hopefully in the next few weeks, maybe we'll see him start to get onto a mound and maybe get in some game action by mid to late July. Um, I think that's the best we can hope for at this point. Now you mentioned Nick Vespi. Look, that might be that might be a factor in their thinking about you know not wanting to give up prospects for a starting pitcher is maybe they still feel that Means can come back and and start seven or eight games you know from August fifteenth to the end of the year and maybe not go seven or eight innings uh, you know maybe go four and you get good starts then maybe that's the thing to do is impact your bullpen with an acquisition you know and those yeah. those acquisitions of the bullpen arms as we've discussed before Paul that they don't require they don't require the financial gamble that you'd be you'd be making on a Giolito and Eduardo Rodriguez you know those type of performers 
that have the ability to either opt out or be free agents next year. We, the last thing we want to do is give up two prospects, you know, say a Norby and an Ortiz or a Kowser and somebody, and then and then at the end of the year you can't sign the guy. Oh, you absolutely. Know, that's, a, that's a risky, yeah. That's a risky proposition to yeah, make. You certainly don't want to give up some top 100 prospects for a, a starter that's going to leave. That's why you kind of want to go after somebody who has a little bit more control, maybe like a Corbin Burns uh, or somebody who you think that you can sign to an extension, especially if they perform well for you down the stretch. That remains to be seen. Most of these guys that are going to be available seem to be on in the last year of their deals, which makes it a little bit more difficult uh, than it would be. And, and, and look, for all we know, they can call up Grayson Rodriguez, and he can look like the Grayson Rodriguez he's supposed to look like rather than the guy who every other start was giving up six to seven runs. So there's a lot that can still happen with this team. Nick Vespi, for me, was, was a really nice call-up uh, for last night's game. Uh, three innings pitched, three hits, no runs, three strikeouts. We've been clamoring for, clamoring for him for a good while. He's pitched really well the last two years down in AAA. Were you surprised, though, to see a, a guy who's ne- never been more than an inning or two reliever go three innings last night? Yeah, I have to admit I was a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I also think that that doesn't probably bode well for him or Zimmerman. The fact that they both pitched five innings last night, wouldn't you think they between the two of them they pitched five innings, yeah. that one or both might get drop down to, to get fresh arms up. You would think, but then you don't know who, who are they going to call up to replace one of those guys because um, there's not really anybody else down there lighting the world on fire. I mean, Joey Crable's been okay, but then they'd have to add him to the 40-man roster. I'm not sure you want yeah. Joey Crable taking up a roster spot. So I just don't know who, yeah, they, who they'd be able point. to bring up. Um, yeah. Good point. Now, CNL Perez, Stan, he's been bad all year. He's been living off of his 2022 campaign the entire season, but ever since his, his debacle in Chicago, his last uh, his last five, four outings have been scoreless. He's allowed two hits, two walks, and a hit by pitch with five strikeouts and five innings pitch. It's a .8 whip. It's a small sample size, but how big is it for this team if CNL Perez is reverting back to his 2022 form, uh, considering what they already have in the back end of their bullpen? Uh, it would be absolutely it would be absolutely huge right now if, if uh, you know, Luke and I always call it the manager Brandon Hyde's circle of trust. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that he's put in a game with a lead. That's the only thing that's been missing probably from Perez's resume of late. He's definitely pitched better that the pressure hasn't been one. You know, he's come into games that are sort of out of, out of reach uh, one way or the other. It's, both when we've led by a lot or we're trailing by a lot. So, you know, we need to see him show up in a game that's, you know, either tied or the Orioles have the lead and have him perform well to really get him back in manager Brandon Hyde's circle of trust. Absolutely, and I, I think that probably just based off his last four outings, he's probably already back in there for nothing else. That Brandon Hyde doesn't really have much much else to turn to at this point, given what he's got in the bullpen right now. So CNL Perez and and Stan, you know, you and I know as as well as anybody that baseball and professional sports as a whole are played between the ears. And if CNL Perez is feeling confident and uh, after these last four outings and thinking, you know what, I can do this, th- that could bode well mm-hmm. for him the rest of the way. So that's definitely something that's looking good for the Orioles right now. Hopefully that continues. Now, Stan, what's been continuing on the negative side of things for the Orioles is their offense. 
They scored one run last night. It was the 13th time in 24 games in June that they scored three runs or less, the 18th time in the last 31 games overall, and saying it was the 32nd time in 80 games that they've scored three runs or less. That's 40% of their games. This offense has been really middling for a while, and you look at it, they have about eight or nine players that since the beginning of June have an on-base percentage below 300, including Adley Rutschman, who's hitting 221 since the beginning of June with a 295 on base percentage. What does this offense need to do to get back on track? Has it just been a bad approach at the plate recently? Um, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't do a deep dive like you do on those numbers mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, it's been pretty apparent that that Rutschman has been one of the key, you know the key culprits in a, in a downturn by the offense. You know, he's for the first time, he's looked kind of human at the plate. And we're talking about this, despite the fact on last night, mm-hmm. I think he had two hits last night, but he's, he's been a disappointment over the month of June. There's no question about it. They really have only had two hitters. Well, O'Hearn had that nice 10 day period, 12 day period, whatever mm-hmm. it is. I think you, Put in your notes that he's like three for his last twenty. Yeah, that's not a huge. That's not a huge surprise to me. You know, Um, nobody was saying that Ryan O'Hearn should be in there every single day, and I think you'll see a little alteration in that with Santander probably playing a little bit more first base right now. Do you Santander and Urias both playing first base more, and Hicks Hicks being in there over O'Hearn? against left-handed pitchers. Do you expect to see Ryan Mountcastle return to the club sooner rather than later with the struggles that O'Hearn is starting to have now and kind of getting more exposed the more he plays? I, I really have no expectation with Mountcastle yeah. right now. I mean, he's three for 23 in the minor leagues at AAA. That, That's true. That is, and, and he's got options available. So to me, as disappointing, as angry as he might get at that, you know, if he can't do it at AAA, and and Brandon Hyde's been, by the way, very clear about something. It's not, he says, not the results. It's the approach and the quality of at-bats. And clearly, three for 23. I mean, the one positive, I don't think he's got these gigantic strikeout numbers down there. Uh, so he maybe he's making some contact. But uh, it would not shock me at all if he were optioned to uh, Norfolk. Yeah, and I, I, doesn't he have 30 days for a rehab? I, or is that just for guys who were on the 60-day the IL? It's, I, I believe it is. I think, or it's 20. I, it's 20. I think we went over it yesterday, didn't yeah, we? It's, it's 20, yeah, it's 20 for position players and batters and then 30 for pitchers. So that's so that's right. how long the rehab and he's been down, And he's been down there about 10 days now. I thought it was roughly. last – was it last Thursday or Saturday? Yeah, no, he, so he's been down there – Another ten or eleven days. He okay. went down there. He eight, went down the same time as Mullins, and yeah, that was yeah. about that was, was more that, than a week ago. Oh, that was was that Definitely. Wednesday? Oh, that was Wednesday or Thursday then? Yeah, more than week. a week ago. Okay. Um, because Mullins yeah. came back last Saturday, and they had both accrued about twelve at bats prior to that before Mullins right. came up. If 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 they don't want to use an option on him, it's pretty clear. It looks like they're going to ex- extend this stay to the max of twenty days. You know. Yeah, it, it, and the, surprisingly, he does have four walks in six games down there, which is, I wouldn't have expected that. And the seven strikeouts is still about 
a 25% strikeout rate, but when you factor in the idea that he had about, actually, it's about the same. He's about a 25%. Seven, seven to four, seven to four is an acceptable, a very acceptable ratio. That absolutely you know? is. If he can continue the, the that. The question is when it's like, when it's 55 to 11, that's not as acceptable. That's five times more strikeouts than walks. Absolutely. Yes. That's why his one base percentage is in the 260s. Yeah, and for somebody who's expected to hit in the middle of the Orioles' order, he absolutely needs yep. to have a far better approach. He can't lay off the high fastball or the low and away slider to save his life. And Stan, we're talking about the offense, and you mentioned to me when I brought this name up to you that, well, what do you do with Aaron Hicks? At what point do you look at what Colton Kowser is doing in the minor leagues and say, you know what, it's time to bring him up. Maybe Hicks becomes your fourth outfielder. You move Santander to first base and you see what Kowser can give you because he's – in my opinion, has nothing left to prove down at the minor league level. All he does is hit and get on base. Yeah. Uh, look, you know, people a week ago, everybody was clamoring for Jordan Westberg, and now we have him, and we see he looks like he's going to be a, a really fine, solid addition, both offensively and defensively. Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're, they're coming to a, a point where they're going to have tough decisions to make. And one of those decisions could be something to do with Adam Frazier. One of they could have to do with Jorge Mateo. Um, but they certainly have a slew of infielders and there seems to be a spot for an offensive, an offensive player on this team, right? You know, and it, it can't be, you know, it, it has to be at the expense of either McKenna, Mateo or Frazier. Yeah, and that that's the that's the needle. Uh, Michael Elias has got a thread right here. You know, I, it, these... I mean, it looks to me like Mateo's speed is such a factor. Even if they just want to use him as late inning pinch runner, you know, type of thing and defensive replacement. Um, but but Frazier, as big as some of his home runs have been. You know, and you factor in how much Hyde likes McKenna. I, I don't know where the push is. You know, which which way that's going to go. But it would seem like it would be one of those two players. You would think it would have to be the 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 big albatross is the eight million dollar contract hanging around uh, Adam Frazier's neck. Unless they can look, we've thought we've thought for two seasons now that Mateo, if he really could get his offense together to be just like a two sixty hitter. And a three ten on base percentage guy, he'd be a star. Yeah. Oh, he absolutely uh, but, would be. But maybe, but maybe he's got value enough to get us that middle in, middle middle relief pitcher or bridge, you know, seventh or eighth inning guy, where a team like wants to take that opportunity. You know, I'm I don't I don't know every position every team has, but say the St. Louis Cardinals, for example say that they're in the perfect situation to assess him and work with him and, you know, in games that don't mean anything the, the second half of the year. You know, yeah. maybe there's a team out there that we match up with and could get a guy like like the Braves got Joe Jimenez from the Tigers. Somebody like that that, that the Orioles see, see. And I'll tell you a name that's, that's out there, guys and gals that are listening. There's a there's a guy that's at Norfolk right now, and I'm not going to say I've been on top of this. Somebody, a friend of mine, pointed out 
this guy, Wanderson Charles. He's no relationship to Stan Charles, <laughs> but uh, he apparently was a pretty highly thought of prospect a number of years ago. May have been with Oakland, but he has been flashing sort of near Bautista-like speed with his fastball at Bowie. He just got elevated to Norfolk, and his first couple appearances there were shutout innings there. Wanderson Charles, uh, that could be somebody that the Orioles have in-house. Yeah, he's when got... we said before, who will they bring up, you know? Yeah, he's got a 29-to-5 strikeout-to-walk ratio this year in the minors with a .696 whip and a 193 ERA. That's somebody who maybe could help could help this team. You know, Felix Bautista started the 2020, um, what was it, the 2021 yeah, he season. Was like an afterthought. He was like an afterthought yep. at the beginning of the year last yeah, year. He started yeah. in high A and made it to the major leagues by midseason and then became one of the Orioles' right. best relievers. Now he's, he's potentially an all-star closer. Uh, if... I'm not saying you're going to get the same thing out of Wanderson um out of what's his name Wanderson Charles is that what you said it was Wanderson Charles Wanderson Charles. Charles but if he can come in and really help that bullpen cuz I think Stan we can be How about if he comes in and be is more consistent than Brian Baker the, I, I I don't know that that's hard to do but I would love to see it if Brian Baker has just yeah. been so wildly inconsistent in his tenure with the Orioles I would love to yeah. see somebody come in yeah. who can do a little bit better of a job so Yep We'll, we'll yep. certainly see how it, how it goes. I think we, we're all in agreement that the Orioles' biggest issue right now is middle relief because if these starters are only going five innings, they need to get have guys that can bridge the gap to, to Coulomb, uh, Cano, and Bautista, and right now they don't have that guy. So Tonight is a – it's Kyle Bradish tonight against Bailey Over. Over is on my fantasy baseball team. So it's hard to root against them, but I'm rooting for the Orioles. I think this is a big game tonight. I don't want this uh, losing streak to, uh, you know, suddenly creep up into the into the five or six range. Yeah, you know? especially so far, the club has done a real good job at keeping those losing streaks very limited. Yeah, they, they've got to they've got to figure it out today because they go against Sonny Gray tomorrow, and that's no small task. So uh, hopefully, yep. they can get it together, get a win tonight, and you know. T- uh, Roll the dice tomorrow. Sam, what do you got coming up this All week? Right. Uh, no show, no baseball show, and Gary and I will be on next Thursday. Haven't decided upon a guest yet. All right, sounds good. Be sure to tune in. Stan, enjoy your uh, the, your Fourth of July holiday. We'll talk to you next week. Same to you guys. Good talking to you always. You Bye. Take care. And that was Stan the Fan, Charles, who has changed up the format for his weekly shows. Now, every Monday at 6 p.m., Stan will be joined by former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley and Press Box's managing editor Luke Jackson to break down the latest with the birds. Every Thursday night, Stan and Gary Stein will chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. This week, Bill Ordeen subbed for Gary as he and Stan caught up with Superbook oddsmaker Jay Cornegay. Uh, you can watch the shows live at facebook.com slash pressbox or find them the next day at pressboxonline.com. Online.com slash video and YouTube.com slash online. As Stan just alluded to, no show this Monday because of the 4th of July holiday, but you can join Stan and Gary again this Thursday night. Guest to be determined. Griffin, did you come up with a sounding off segment? Yeah, yeah, I think I have one. All right, I think I have a good one. Time for sounding off okay. with Griffin Bass before we catch our first break here. What do you got for us today? Uh, I So what I'm very disappointed about in in for the sport of baseball, it's the Los Angeles Angels. Okay. I think they have to be one of the most disappointing teams in all of baseball, especially over the past, you know, 10 to 15 years. Evergreen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
um, you know, they they have the most exciting players in the game right now, and they have absolutely nothing to show for it. You know, and last night the point gets completely, you know, uh, what's the word? I guess I guess emphasized. I guess that might be the word. But you know, Otani hits a 500 foot bomb. That's the highlight. Anyone who's a non diehard baseball fan, that's the highlight they're going to see see today mm-hmm. is Otani hitting a 500 foot 493 foot home run. But you know, a, f- a near 500 foot home run in a game that they lost six to two. Yeah, and and that's really been the story of them for probably the last you know better part of a, a more than a decade. They they had Albert Pujols, the best player from the 2000s decade. They have Mike Trout, the best player from the 2010s de- decade. Now they have Shohei Otani, who might be the greatest player of all time. I'll be I'll be at a you know short sample size here. Um, but you know, every single night, it's it feels like it's must watch baseball. They're going to do something that you've never seen before. Has only been done once or twice before, and they and they're just a bad baseball team. They're not going to make the playoffs. And when we talk about you know things that might be bad for baseball, I think and we talk about the Orioles or the Pirates or the Tigers who have been bad the last five years, mm-hmm. um, and 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 tanking whether they're really tanking or not. Um, the Angels, I feel like, have to be far worse for baseball than than anything that the Tigers, the Orioles, or the Pirates have done. Uh, as you know, those teams try to, and the Orioles have you know p- appear to have turned a corner and, and look like they may have, uh, have be, are very much on the better side of that now. Um, but when you talk about who you're going to see in October, that when everyone in the world is well, everyone in the world, but you know most people are are now caring about baseball and paying attention. Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, they're nowhere to be found. These yeah. are the stars of the game. And uh, Mike Trout has one playoff series to his to his uh, resume. Shohei Otani's never been in the playoffs, and it's funny, man, that you bring it up because you see that tweet all the time where it's like, it's always something like Shohei Otani does something that nobody's done since Tungsten Armstrong in 1886. Tungsten Armo Doyle. Tungsten Armo Doyle. And Mike Trout hit two home runs, and the the Angels lose eight to three. Right. And then ESPN got got in on it uh, the other day. When they said it was something like um, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani became the first pair of teammates to hit back-to-back triples in the first inning for the uh, since 2007, yeah. something like that. Yeah. The Angels currently trail six to two. Yep. You know, and it, it's the same thing. It's a running joke because it's the truth. Uh, to my to my knowledge, I have never seen a franchise more snake bitten by long-term contracts. You go back to C.J. Wilson; they got nothing out of him. You go back to Josh Hamilton, they got nothing out of him. Albert Pujols wasn't even half the player in in LA that he was in St. Louis. Uh, They've they've got nothing out of Anthony Rendon. These are these huge contracts that they're signing these guys to, and then they're just not performing, and they're not staying on the field. Rendon, to me, is one of the biggest disappointments of all time, because I I love that guy. I wanted the Orioles to draft him. They ended up drafting Manny Machado, and that worked out for the Orioles pretty well until it didn't. But um, I loved Anthony Rendon, and then I thought he should have been the NL MVP in 2019. He was the heart and soul of that World Series championship uh, uh, Nationals team. They let him go to the Los Angeles Angels, and he's been nothing. He's given them nothing. And the the one thing you remember of him this season is him trying to fight a fan. Is him trying yeah. to, to fight a fan, trying to slap the guy. Yeah, like it's it's been such a debacle out there in L.A. for them. And yeah, they're forty four and forty. They're but no one has any faith that they are going to stick around oh. and be in this. By even maybe August. One guy like, on Twitter last night said he thinks that the Angels are going to win more than 92 games this year. And I'm like, I don't know what Angels team you're talking about. I think about. they, what have they been over 500 like once in the past decade? Yeah, maybe? man. Th- it's, like, it's crazy. You have two of the greatest players to ever walk God's green earth. And one of them's never been to the playoffs, and one of them has been to the playoffs one time. It's, 
It's a great sounding off segment because the Angels, they're a mystery to yeah. me. They could be, like, they should be must watch baseball every single night. I So I I, uh, I, I took a vacation out to California a couple, couple weeks ago and I had a chance to go to the Angels game. And it was it was it was amazing. They are they able to fill up that stadium pretty good. I, I'm not sure what the actual capacity is, but they had close to forty thousand on a Saturday night. Otani was pitching, and that entire stadium stops. It whenever Mike Trout and Otani hit back to back, whenever those two are up, they flash the lights. Everybody pulls their phone out. Everyone is locked in. They want to want to they want to see what's going to happen. Uh, Otani was pitching. He got ten. It was it was a classic Angels game because because Otani got ten strikeouts. You know he he stole a base later in the game. It was it was amazing. And they blew the game in extra innings and lost. Yeah. And and that is the that is just what the Angels are for feels like the past ten years. Uh, I will I do like to hang my hat on the fact that I have been to an Orioles game in Camden Yards where I've seen Barry Bonds hit a home run mm. and I've seen Shohei Otani hit a home wow. run. Wow. So that's I don't know how many people get to say that. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, and you talk about the Angels. That's a team that needs an infielder. There, uh, Zach Nitto is on the ten-day IL. Yeah. They're not getting anything out of Anthony Rendon. That's a team that could probably use. What is he on his third IL stint already, or something? I don't, or, well, or is he just off the IL? He's just off the okay. IL. He's played in thirty-nine games this year, which is about par for the course mm-hmm. for Rendon for an entire season these days. But uh, they need somebody to come in there to play some infield for them. Maybe a Ramon Arias who can give them uh, elite-level defense and hold his own with the bat. He's not great with the bat, but he's not going to hit 230. You know, right. He's probably going to hit 260 with maybe a 320 on base percentage. Not going to give you much power, but he's going to give you better than what you've gotten out of your infield to this point. So that's something to think about there for the Angels and for the Orioles, and maybe they could find some kind of relief pitcher or some help. Yeah, in I'm some not way. sure. I, yeah, obviously, I don't. I haven't looked too closely at the Angels. They don't strike me as a team that would be selling. I, I mean, they can't. They're four games over 500. Right. Um, I don't know that they're selling, but they've got. Um, but what it, you know? What what could Joey Ortiz do for them, and what could we get in return for something like uh, that? You know, I, I don't want to give up Joey Ortiz. Yeah, I, you I gotta, mean, this is the. I guess this is another conversation. But the log jam that the Orioles have obviously makes. Yeah, the, the log jam that they have, and I've been saying since spring training, when they signed Adam Frazier, actually back in the off, back before the winter meetings, it made no sense to me. It it made no sense to me then. It still makes no sense to me now because they have this log jam. They have these major league ready infielders uh, in their in their system. In um, you know Westberg and Ortiz, Norby and Norby, you know, and, and you're looking at these guys and you're like, they're better than Frazier, they're better yeah. than Mateo. I mean, Ortiz, yeah. you cannot convince me that Joey Ortiz is not a better player than Jorge Mateo. The glove's just as good. The range's not as great because whose range is as good, is as good as one of the fastest guys in the league. But the glove's just as good. Right. The bat. He's hit. He's played now parts of two seasons at AAA. He's batting 345 with a 400 on base percentage in his time at AAA. It, he deserves a shot, he, and it needs to be somewhere. It'd be great if it was with the Orioles. It seems like they are reluctant to do that. Give yeah. him, give him, you know, solid playing time. Um, so if they're not going to do that, make him useful in another way. And that's, you know, I, you know, getting some high high leverage reliever from somewhere that absolutely needs, absolutely. needs a Joey Ortiz. And yeah, and we're, we're going to talk about that in Orioles banter uh, in the 11 o'clock. Hour. Uh, in the meantime, we do have to catch our first break. When we come back, we are going to do the payoff pitch around the league plus Orioles banter. That's next on the Bat Around. 
Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It's our Independence Weekend celebration starting on Friday the 30th with our Pride Night. A special ticket package gets you a Bay Sox rainbow hat. And then July 1st through 3rd, major fireworks shows each and every night with a special jersey auction on sale. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at BaySox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, O's fans, cheer on the Orioles against the Minnesota Twins at 7.05 on Friday, June 30th at Camden Yards. Be one of the first 20,000 fans, 21 and over, to receive an Orioles floppy hat presented by Miller Lite and enjoy a fun-filled floppy Friday at the yard. Don't miss out on one of your favorite giveaways and stay post-game for the Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite with DJ Diesel, a.k.a. Shaquille O'Neal. Purchase your tickets today at Orioles.com slash tickets. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know it's on Grindr or anything, I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. That's so funny.
That was a uh, Glenn Clark Radio. Yeah, that read. was a regional interview. Is that the... Did I send that one to you in the email? Because yeah. I, I just forwarded the email that Glenn sent to me. Okay, Maybe. so there, there might be a little bit of confusion there somewhere. Let me... Uh, Let's see if we... Yep, he gave me all the GCR breaks. He gave me all the, okay. G- the GCR Okay, because I just breaks. noticed that too, so I did email him. We'll see if we'll, we'll see if we can't figure that out. Yeah, figure no, that out for the second hour of the show. No big deal. The uh, first hour of the show was again brought to you by Pressbox Offers. Pressbox is offering new sports betters the best sign-up bonuses and promos from seven legal online sports books. Go to pressboxonline.com/offers now and get offers like $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after placing your first $10 bet, or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get the best offers from all of the sports books. So go to pressboxonline.com/offers and sign. Sign up today. Now it is time for the payoff pitch around. If I can find it, this happens every day. Um, uh, the payoff pitch around the league. The Orioles' pitching woes continued as Dean Kramer allowed seven runs on seven hits in just three innings, and the offense left their bats in the clubhouse as the Twins thrashed the Birds eight to one. Nick Madrigal and Chris Morell each homered, and Nico Horner collected three hits to pace the offense behind six and a third shutout innings from Justin Steele as the Cubs crushed the Guardians ten to one. The Reds stayed red hot, getting home runs from Tyler Stevenson, Matt McClain, and Spencer Steer, while Graham Ashcroft, Ashcraft allowed one earned run in six and two-thirds to send the reeling Padres to their sixth sixth Ooh. straight loss. Talk about more disappointing teams. Oh, my gosh. Manny Machado 0 for 5, and it now has a 678 Ooh. OPS on the season. Uh, Josiah Gray. Um, damn it. Sorry. Josiah <laughs> Gray struck out eight, allowing one run in six innings, and Stone Garrett provided all the offense with a second inning, two run shots, national stop to Phillies, two to one. Josiah Gray and Stone Garrett, what a what a collection of names there. Mm. Trailing seven to three, entering the home half of the seventh, the Pirates scored one in the seventh, one in the eighth, and three in the ninth, the last two in a walk-off home run from Carlos Santana to shock the Brewers, eight to seven. Justin uh, Turner homer, homered, as did Mazataka Yoshida amongst his three hits, and James Paxton continued his resurgence with seven and two-thirds shutout innings on just three hits as the Bo Sox shut down the Blue Jays 5 to nothing, Patrick Bailey hit a big 8th inning 3-run homer off the previously stellar David Robertson to turn two, a 2-run two deficit into a 1-run lead as the Giants kept the Mets' misery going with a 5-4 to four come from behind victory. I almost did that game before it was over when the Mets were up 4-2 and I was like, no, it's <laughs> the know, Mets. They're going to blow it. They're going to blow it. And sure enough, they did. Uh, Eddie Rosario, Sean Murphy, Austin Riley, and Matt Olson all homered and drove in at least three, the latter leading the way with two bombs and five ribeyes as the Braves crushed the Marlins 16-4 to to snap their win streak at five. The Texas Rangers traded for Aroldis Chapman to fend off the Astros and suffered instant karma for acquiring a steaming pile of human crap that likes to beat on women, losing to the Astros 5-3. Jose Altuve homered in the victory. Ezekiel Tovar homered and drove in three to back seven innings from starter Austin Gomer in the Rockies' 8-5 victory over the Tigers. Mookie Betts homered twice, finishing a triple shy of the cycle while driving in four to lead the Dodgers past a soul-cleansed Chapmanless Royals 8-3. I don't like Aroldis Chapman. I don't know if you know that. I, I, I'm starting to get that sense, yeah. yeah. Uh, Shohei Otani hit his 30th homer, a 493-foot shot, but that was a highlight for the Angels as they fell to the D-back 6-2. Lourdes Gurriel hit a grand slam to provide the difference for Arizona. Luis Medina allowed one run in five innings, and Carlos Perez homered to lead the A's over the White Sox 7-4. Randy Rosarena, Jose Siri, and Josh Lowe homered, and the Rays scored eight runs in the eighth to smoke the Mariners 7-4. The New York Yankees and St. Louis Cardinals were postponed due to rain. The game will be made up as part of a doubleheader beginning at 215 
today. Griffin, do you want to read what's on tap, or do you want me to do that? Uh, yeah, I think I can, I can give it a shot here. Uh, so we'll start start with uh, at 140 today. The Padres are going to take on those red-hot Cincinnati Reds. Uh, they'll try to get back on track as Michael Waka takes on Brandon, Brandon Williamson, who was the last pitcher that the Orioles, I guess, were able to beat. Uh, <laughs> uh, 215, uh, game one of the doubleheader. The Yankees look to pick up uh, some ground in the, world, in the wild card and the AL East races. They send Luis Severino in game one of the doubleheader with the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, who will be throwing Jack Flaherty in a battle of reeling former aces. Uh, Boston Red Sox at the Blue Jays. Cutter Crawford on the mound for uh, for Boston. You say Kikuchi uh, will score off as the Red Sox look to continue to climb out of their uh, out of the ALE cellar against the fourth place but third wild card Blue Jays. That's at 3:07. Uh, the Twins, they will be taking on the Baltimore Orioles. Bailey Ober, as we talked about, takes on Kyle Bradish, uh, who looked to stop. Bradish looks to stop the Orioles bleeding against the Twins. That's at 4:05. Uh, a couple games here at 4:05. Nationals will take on the Phillies. Mackenzie Gore and the Nats take on Zach Wheeler. Uh, then the then Corbin Burns will take the hill for the Brewers, while the Pirates counter with Johan Oviedo as they try to get back in the NL Central race. Also at 4:05. Hunter Brown and Nathan Eovaldi go. Hunter Brown, he's on my fantasy team, so I'll do the stand bit there. Uh, meeting the AL, AL West battle between the Strohs and the and the Rangers at 405. Uh, Chicago White Sox at the Oakland A's. Dylan sees in his 220 June ERA take on James Caprillion. Is that how I say it? How do you I say b- it? I believe I think that's correct. James Caprillion. Uh, in a game that matters to no one outside of Oakland and the south side of Chicago. That's at 4.07. Don't get confused. There's a couple 4.05 starts, then a 4.07. 4.10, uh, Miami at Atlanta. The Marlins like to start a new winning streak. They'll send Yuri Perez uh, against Charlie Morton, also my fantasy team. So just more more rooting interest for me at MLB Best Braves uh, or the National League Best Braves. That's at 4.10. San Francisco at New York. Anthony DeSclafani and Justin Verlander battle as the Giants take on the Mets. 4.10 in Queens, then into the nighttime slates. Tanner Bibby, uh, yeah, Tanner is it Bibby or Bibby? Bibby, Bibby. Tanner Bibby and the Guardians square off against Marco Stroman and the Cubs. Seven fifteen. Both teams, despite their sub five hundred records, look to stay in the thick of their respective division races in the NL Central and NL East. Dodgers have yet to announce their starters. They take on Daniel Lynch and the. Have they have, have they announced a starter yet? I mean, yeah, I wrote these. I wrote these last night before right. the Rays game ended, and um, that was one of the things. Looks I like wanted. it's going to be Julio Rios for the Dodgers. Oh, there you so, go. Yeah, that would be big. Big start for them against uh, Daniel Lynch and the Royals in Kansas City. Tampa at Seattle. Uh, Tyler Glass now will go to the mound against George Kirby. Another good pitching matchup in uh, the Tampa-Seattle after McClanahan and Bryce Miller yesterday. Uh, game two of the Yankees-Cardinals doubleheader is slated to start at 7-15. The Yankees, uh, have they They probably haven't announced a game two starter, have they? Uh, well, the, or maybe they have at this point. They, they had, so it was supposed to be the Yankees. They have not announced a starter okay. for for game two, and the Cardinals originally had Matthew Liberatore, and but, they scratched. But they, well, it's, it, now it says to to be determined. All right, well, so we'll see. What, just keep keep your eyes peeled on that one. Nine ten in what should be a riveting game. Uh, two TBD pitchers between Colorado and Detroit. That one's in the Rockies. Uh, game starts at nine ten for. I'm not sure who would care about that one. Ten oh seven. My uncle, he lives in Colorado. Uh, and finally, <laughs> Ryan Nelson uh, and Tyler Anderson. Anderson face off for the D-backs and Angels at 10:07. And yeah, you don't have to read that. Yeah, That's yeah, just a I'll, note. I'll keep the, I'll yeah, um, <laughs> I put in the final note. I put. Thank God Zach does this every week because between last night's recaps and today's matchups, this segment alone took me well. It took me close to two hours to do the payoff pitch around the league and what's on tap next. Um, so, well, well, good work. I, uh, thank you for letting me, uh, you know, read through read through your yeah, copy there. A- ab- absolutely, man. We like to be an interactive show, man. So yes. I want I want my uh, you're filling in for my co-host and producer, so I want you to fill the role of the co-host. So I like to give you some talking points here. Appreciate. Um, 
Now it's time for Orioles banter. Orioles banter today brought to you by, you know what? It's brought to you by me because we only have one read left and I want to save it for a break or something. Um, so we're talking kind of down on the farm and we're talking about our ideal roster. We've already talked about uh, Hessen Kerstad is, he's having a really nice start at AAA. That guy's knocking on the door. Colton Kowser's knocking on the door. Jackson Holiday mm. hit a walk-off home run walk-off for Aberdeen bomb. last night. And it's funny because we have Jim Callis coming on the show at 1140 to talk about some... Um, Orioles prospects and then the upcoming draft and in my notes I put Jackson Holiday after he had a tremendous start to the year and then he hit 372 with a 500 on base percentage through May between two different levels and then in June he hit just 225 with a 380 on base percentage heading into last night's three game. on base not bad 380 <laughs> on bases is really good um, the 225 batting average leaves much to be desired and he goes out I think he's on like a seven game hitting streak now and he hits a walk-off home run last night just to make me shut the hell up for a little <laughs> bit here. Um, but the Orioles, the, the number one farm system in baseball, Jackson Holiday, the new number one overall prospect in baseball. And then you look at the Orioles' major league team, and you've got Adam Frazier still playing more often than not at second base. Mateo still plays um, a good bit at shortstop. You've called up, um, you've called up Jordan Westberg. Ramona Rios is getting some some run at first base and at third base. He'll play second every now and again. Your outfield, the, believe it or not, the Orioles, although Cedric Mullins has really struggled since his five-hit game back on May 21st, the, um, uh, the Orioles' outfield is one of the most productive outfields in baseball. Now, I haven't looked at this in depth, but Austin, how how could it not be? Right, yeah. I mean, Austin Hayes definitely helps with that. He's what the, the be- he's the best hitter in the American League based on average, and then uh, I mean Santander has been probably the most consistent guy up and down the lineup all season. Yeah, you know you you know what you're. I mean, I guess he had what one bad stretch where he, the one for twenty five. I guess he's well pulled April, off this week too. April was really bad. Yeah, a- April was really bad, but it was actually better than his April from last year. But May and June he was he was really good. Started June slow, but then he got really hot, and he's, mm-hmm. he ended it a little slow. But the entire roster, and we'll get to that in a second, the entire roster is, is ended, ended slow. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Colton Kowser's knocking on the door, and people are like, where's Kowser? Where's Kowser? Well, the, the problem with that is you have Hayes, who's one of the top hitters in the American League in left field. You've got Cedric mm-hmm. Mullins, who was having an all-star caliber season before he got hurt, and he's got off to a slow start since returning, but he's an all-star center fielder. Anthony Santander leads your team in home runs and RBIs. He's a switch hitter. He's having a career year mm-hmm. this year. And then Aaron Hicks is hitting 270 with like a 400 on base percentage since uh, coming to the Orioles. So you love Colton Kowser. Who are you going to play him over? And these guys are having success at the big league level. You're not going to promote yeah. a prospect and bench one of those guys. Um, I, I, I'd be very fine with, you know, Santander becomes, you know, a platoon guy at first base and your everyday DH. Mm-hmm. And then Aaron Hicks and Aaron Hicks just slots into the fourth outfielder spot. I, I think. And, you know, Stan brings up that, you know, Brandon Hyde has has a thing for Ryan McKenna. Um he has to go. He has to go. There's just not room for him. I the the home the walk off homer last Saturday, fantastic. Uh, maybe the perfect time to send him down so we have a good we have a good taste in our mouths from the Ryan McKenna era. But you yeah. know, I just yeah. I mean, injuries are going to happen, so that that leaves that leaves room for him if if he I guess they, 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 he has options left, right? McKenna, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He has okay, so like he wouldn't be DFA'd, and and I guess it, he, I'm sure he would accept an assignment anyway if he were DFA'd. 
Um, so he'll stick around, and you'll you'll have him as your fifth op- outfielder option if something is to happen. Maybe Kowser does struggle when he gets up, and and you you want Kowser to go back to AAA to reset, and and then McKenna's still still around. There's really no. It just doesn't seem like there's any reason. For cows are not to be here. Well, you got a clear room on the forty man, um, mm-hmm. so you would probably yeah. have to D- DFA somebody. Well, maybe uh, Keegan Aiken just becomes, you know, an IL sixty. And yeah, <laughs> which you, which you could do that too. Um, they had the clear room for for Westberg. They they were able to do that. That wasn't a difficult thing. That was a pretty obvious move. And then um, and then also sending down Ortiz was the obvious move. Then you, you're looking at Kowser. You'll you'll find a way to get him onto the forty man roster. Right. Um, but then. And, and like you said, that was a thought that went through my head is Anthony Santander would move to first base and DH. Ryan O'Hearn becomes more of a platoon guy, which is what he should be. I, I'm mm-hmm. about to sneeze, I think. And because I said that, it's probably going to go. Nope. Uh, uh, no, well, it went away. Okay. It went away. I, I knew it was going to go away just because I mentioned it. Um, but yeah, having Kalzer play right field, you basically have three center fielders in your outfield now at that point if, yeah. you, if you call up Kalzer. And then Aaron Hicks can play center field. He becomes your fourth outfielder, which, look, we're already seeing the other shoe drop with Ryan O'Hearn. And it's. People go through slumps, right? He was so mega hot the first three weeks of June mm-hmm. that you knew a three for twenty stretch was probably coming. But the problem is, is that he doesn't even look like he has a clue at the play. Yeah, he's starting to look like a little bit like Ryan Mountcastleitis. You know, yeah, he, it, it, exactly. With, with, he gets ahead and counts, and then somehow finds a way to fall back. Yeah, and, and that's and that's the thing. He still will hit the the ball hard every now and again, right. but more. But for the most part, it's not like his his swing still looks great, and he's just you know having some bad luck or popping some things up, he looks lost at the plate. Um, hopefully he can bounce back, and maybe when they get him into more of a platoon role like he was in before, yeah. Mountcastle started really struggling and then got vertigo. That would be his ideal role. Uh, because right now he's hitting cleanup right. on yeah. the team. It and doesn't seem... like that. My whole thing, and I've been saying for the last month, is that I think that the Orioles need to have Rutschman hit third. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Rutschman second. Probably we talked. You mean you talked about you know Adley on the bat stretch that he's on. He's what did you say? He's batting two twenty, twenty five over the month. Two twenty one um, with a two ninety eight okay. on base percentage since um, the beginning of June. Okay, yeah, not I mean not ideal. Is there any reason to think that we would ever move him out of the second spot? Just to, whether that maybe that helps kickstart him in some way, but you know move him down to even if it's I guess third I or think fifth. Even though he's still young and he's only been in the big leagues for about a, a calendar year, you leave him there. You. You trust that he's going to... I mean, he was number one overall pick in the right, draft. Right. He's going to be an all-star this year. You trust that he's going to find a way to slap out, snap out of it. And you looked at what he did in April. He looked like one of the best hitters on the planet. And, you know, May, he was pretty good, too. June, he has really struggled. Hopefully, with the calendar turning to July, getting a little more heat and humidity out there. Maybe the balls yeah. are going a little bit further. Um but I, I have confidence that Rutschman will figure it out. He's too good of a player not to. You don't hit 400 in college and then not be able to figure right. it out if you're the first overall pick. A couple kind of basically two days two days off kind of after TH yesterday, which isn't a day off. But, you know, he didn't have to catch Thursday or yesterday. Yeah, and exactly. And that's and that was a smart move on on, um, uh, Hyde's, Hyde, uh, yeah. on Hyde's part. And so you can see Rutschman catch today and probably again tomorrow because you have a 4 o'clock game followed by a 12 o'clock game. Um, so you're hopeful that you'll see him do that, and maybe having Rutschman catch both games, although his uh, his arm has been so yeah. so bad. And we talked we talked about this earlier in the week with uh, you know Glenn Stan and I, and the the pitchers really aren't doing a whole lot to help him. That the, they are not con- helping control the run game in any way. I mean, yeah. Tyler Wells obviously a long delivery. He's very tall. It takes a while for him to get to the plate. Bautista Cano also big big guys. It takes a while for them to get to the plate. Like. 
he's not getting a whole lot of help. They did just face the Reds, and the Reds will expose just about every single team on the base paths. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, it it has not been great. I think we we looked at the stat. I think he's like nine for fifty one on on base dealers, which is yeah. which is not not ideal. And he, I, I haven't seen him throw. I can't remember the last time I saw him throw out a base runner. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think he's something like two for his last twenty eight. Or Man. something like that. It's it's been a really rough stretch. Some of that's his fault. Some of that's on the pitchers, like you said. Um, I, and I noted it myself on the show a couple of weeks back that Tyler Wells at six foot eight, um, Yenny Irkano at six foot five, and um, Felix Bautista six foot eight with their big long deliveries, like mm-hmm. you just said, they have a hard time holding runners. Although Tyler Wells, I think they've only had two or three stolen base attempts against him yeah, all well, season. His whip is below one, so he doesn't have put a whole lot of guys on. And That's the, true. The and guys that are getting on are going all four bases. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's been a, been a lot of uh, four baggers for him yeah. for sure. Um, but you look at this this team's offense as a whole since the beginning of June. Adley Rutschman, 221, 295, 337, 632 uh, OPS. Anthony Santander, 240-263. Adam Frazier, 191-273. Jorge Mateo, 196-250. Ramona Rios, 262-290. Cedric Mullins, since his five-hit game on May 21st, 158-298. Gunnar Henderson in 11 games since his four consecutive multi-hit games. And this is going into last night, so this isn't accounting for what they did last night. Not mon- no I mean, one did it. I mean, Adley hit the homer. That was Yeah, they had four hits. Oh, Hayes had two of them. Um, Gunnar Henderson since the four consecutive multi-hit games, 238 and 289. Ryan O'Hearn, three for his last 20. The entire team outside of Austin Hayes has gone ice cold for two-plus weeks um, at the exact same time. You know, it, it might be time to infuse this lineup with a little bit of a uh, little bit of talent in Colton Cowser. I don't know that they're going to go out and try and get a bat. I, keep been, I don't think so either. I've it, been pining for... Um, J.D. Martinez. I wanted them to sign him in the offseason. He's having a really nice year yeah. for the Dodgers, I, I but they're not going to give him up. Just any right-handed bat, though, does kind of scare you a little bit with the wall and left now. That's mm-hmm. what I still do like about O'Hearn. I think he brings slightly more to the lineup as a left-handed hitter sure. every single day, more than Mount, more than Mountcastle, um, just because that wall is really It takes <laughs> away the threat of the Apotaco from a, mm-hmm. from a left-handed batter. Um, it makes some right-handed hitters, Mountcastle namely, mm-hmm. um, really, really struggle. Um, Trey Mancini last year. The Trey Mancini yeah. last year had five home runs robbed right. from that from that role. Over that that why do I keep saying the wrong Whoa. letters? Yeah. That that roll from that wall. <laughs> um, but then uh, the other thing, but the, the reason I wanted JD Martinez is because he's so good at going opposite field. The majority of his home runs, and now I haven't seen a lot of his home runs this year, but the majority of his home runs in his career are go to the opposite field. He's really great with power. To the right, to the right side. If you go back to his forty-eight home run season, I think like thirty-four of them were to right field. He hits a ton of opposite field home runs, so he kind of gives you that middle of the order presence that is kind of like a left-handed bat. The other one that I really wanted before he hurt his wrist was Charlie Blackman. Charlie Blackman has hits over three hundred against left-handed pitching in his career as a left-handed batter, and this year when he got hurt was hitting two seventy-five from both sides of the plate. I mean, against both both sides of, of the pitching mound. So that was a guy that I really thought, you know, he's in the final year of his contract. J.D. Martinez in the final year of his contract. Um, those are guys that you could add to this team. A veteran presence. They know how to, how to play in big games. And they have the ability – you have the ability to squeeze the last bit of juice out of those guys who are looking mm-hmm. to make, a, make a, a pennant chase. Yeah. And those yeah. guys, to me, were ideal – J.D. Martinez has been too good for the Dodgers. They're not getting rid of him and Charlie Blackman. He's hurt. You yeah, know? that it, it is disappointing that they that it would have been it would have been very nice if they got a J.D. Martinez type. Like he would have had that kind of Nelson Cruz, Mark Trumbo Trumbo role. That, right. 
that the and Orioles eleven need. million. You can do that. Yeah. You give Kyle Gibson ten million dollars. Give Adam Frazier eight million. <laughs> yeah, you can give you can give J D Martinez eleven million. But the thing is. I heard that he had better offers and he took less to play with the Dodgers so mm. he could go into a lineup where he has more protection and um, prove over a, a one-year make-good deal that he he's almost still made the a quality game. player. Yeah. Yeah. Almost started the All-Star game. Yeah, he, he's probably, he could still make it. You yeah. know? Um, but you look at that and what he's doing this year, he's going to get paid in the offseason. It's probably not going to be paid-paid, but he could still get another three-year, $45 million deal after this season. He's still in his mid-30s. And if the bat, I mean, the age, there's no such thing as age anymore. You look at Tom Brady uh, uh, being a quarterback till he's 46 years old. He's 35 this season. Yeah. J.D. Martinez. And Nelson Cruz is 43, 44. He's still playing for the Padres. There's plenty of guys who have proven that age is just a number. Now, at some point, Father Tom catches up to all of us, but that might not be happening soon for J.D. Martinez. So. I, I do think the Orioles need to add a bat. I don't think they will. I think they're going to really, really focus in on the reliever market. I don't think they're going to give up what it's going to take to get a starting pitcher. I think they value some of these guys way too much. Guys like, And I don't know what kind of a quality starting pitcher you're getting for Joey Ortiz mm-hmm. and, say, Kobe Mayo or Joey Ortiz and Heston Kerstad. You know what I mean? We talked a lot this week about Dylan Cease. Um, yeah. Is he someone that you would be interested in? I mean, that would obviously take a, a haul, a package, to, Dil- to, to land a Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease is what you hope D.L. Hall can be, right? Um, we, he's a guy who's had command issues, but yeah. when he's in the zone, he strikes out everybody. He pitches to a low ERA. He was second in Cy Young voting last year. I picked him to win the Cy Young this year and uh, got off to a slow start, but in his last— yeah, as we just mentioned, you know, going around the horn, uh, you know, it was two twenty ERA in the month in the month of June. Yeah, so. exactly. So he's really and, and his last he had ten strikeouts Monday night. He has twenty nine strikeouts his last three starts. Ten, nine, and ten the last three starts. So D- Dylan, yeah, yeah I'll, <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, Dylan Cease certainly looks like he's rounding back into form. It just sucks that it's for a team that's going nowhere in the Chicago White Sox, which is so crazy to me because if you look at their rotation and you look at their lineup, they should be way better. Yeah. than what they are, but they yeah. they get a lot of injuries. A lot of Michael Kopech, uh, Lance Lynn, and Dylan Cease have all underperformed this year. And I, I thought they were going to be a playoff contender this year. They've really shocked me in all the wrong ways. But I don't know, man. So I, I look at this team as a whole, and we want the ideal roster for the Baltimore Orioles. And for me, look, I was um, somebody told me that, that I would look foolish if I were to argue that the Orioles should be playing Joey Ortiz at shortstop every day. Now, look, he just got sent down. He can't come back up for 15 days unless there's an injury. Um, I was disappointed when they called up. I was happy they called up Westberg. I was disappointed that the roster move was to send down um, Joey Ortiz because you can't convince me his bat can't be better and his one base percentage can't be better than Jorge Mateo. You mm-hmm. can't convince me that his glove is worse. And for me, the most exciting Orioles infield, at least second through third base, you have Henderson at third base, Ortiz at shortstop, Westberg at second base. And then in your outfield, as we just discussed, you put Santander back over first base and DH every now and again. Kalzer in right, Mullins in center, Hayes in left field, Hicks is your, is your fourth outfielder. These are tough decisions, Griffin, that every team has to make, every good team has to make. And you, you get the feeling that the Orioles aren't making these moves at this point because they love their guys. To take a, 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 an idiom from, from Buck Showalter, I, I love our guys. Everybody loves Jorge Mateo. 
because of the electricity he brings to the game and right. the speed. Adam Frazier has hit some big home runs. A lot more people love Adam Frazier than probably should in this town. But you should be fielding the best possible team day in and day out. And what they've been doing for the last month isn't fielding the best possible team. June was not a hard schedule. The month of June was not a hard schedule. They should have they should have won six more games than they did in June. I mean, they went they went 13 and 11 in the month, which is that's fine. It's above 500, but when you look at what they've got coming up in July and you look at who they played in June, they should have been far better. Yeah. Yeah, you're uh, you're 100% right. I think uh yeah, and that, and then you have a really strong. If that's the starting nine that you just named, mm-hmm. then you have a really strong bench because then it's o, it's O'Hearn, it's Mateo, and then Hicks is your fourth out, and then and then a backup catcher. Right. Um. And and that makes and that makes you. I think that makes you feel very very strong about what you're putting out every day. Uh. Yeah. I, it 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 just it it's really head scratching. I think I can understand. You know. I think you have to keep Mateo. Uh. Because Mateo does bring so much uh, defensively, because yeah. and on the base I, paths, and because Gunner's Gunner's future is as a third baseman, um, which I guess you know that that emphasizes your point of making Ortiz the everyday shortstop, so that way Gunner can focus on playing third. I, I don't love you know having him go back and forth every other day, yeah, uh, between third and short. I, I like that it gives us the ability. Uh, and then Ramona Rios, what do we do with him? Because I just uh, left him off the off the bench. He's he's getting traded. Yeah. I, I I think that you're you. Just like Who just pro- international money, like what? What? Well, no, anything? I mean, I mean, there's gonna be somebody that that I don't know that the Brewers are gonna stay in it all year. Maybe you you reunite him with his brother in Milwaukee. <laughs> I've been thinking about that a lot this year. Um, we mentioned the Angels, and they have some decent relief pitchers, and maybe they they would be willing to give up. But that would also be them kind of acknowledging that their season's done, and I don't mm-hmm. know that they're ready to do that yet. But now you also have to question who brings more value in a trade: Ramona Rios or Jorge Mateo. And I think Jorge Mateo's value to the Orioles is much higher as a utility player and um, a late defensive replacement and a pinch runner. I think he's more valuable to the Orioles than he is in a trade with somebody else because nobody's going to trade for him to be a starter on their team and unless it's a team that's really in the tanker, right? And Ramona Rios... Yeah, he's going to hit maybe 250, 260. He's going to get on base at, three, like we said, 320, 330 mm-hmm. clip. But he's not. He, he hit 16 home runs last year. He, he has three home runs this entire season, and one of them was on opening day. He doesn't drive the ball. He has a lot of ground balls, but he plays great defense. He does play defense great defense. At third base and at second base. And maybe even, for, I mean, his, he hasn't played a, whole ton, a ton of first base, but that's a great flexibility, positional flexibility that yeah, he does provide. He can pick it as good as anybody over mm-hmm. there, and... He can play shortstop in a pinch. He he has um, he has played shortstop in the past, um, and he that's a guy that you can put there in a pinch if you need to, and you can trust that he's going to make the, the plays that he should make. You know, maybe he doesn't have the same range that you want for a shortstop, but if you need him there in a pinch, he's going to make the routine ones every time. So, uh, I think that Ramona Rios is more valuable in the trade market than Jorge Mateo is at this point. I think I think that uh, Adam Frazier has pro- no value. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's definitely true. Um, and yeah, you're probably right about Arias being more valuable in the trade market. Uh, again, maybe you can package him with you know some top ten, twenty prospect in the Orioles system that right now. Um, and, and you can net a useful reliever. Um, and that's the other thing is that just 
it, it seems like somehow the Orioles are just pushing all the right buttons whenever they bring in a new, a fresh arm. Mm-hmm. Whenever they bring in a fresh arm, you know, we never heard of Cienel Perez la- until last year, and right. he was and he was amazing last year. Like, it seems like there's something in the water at, at, at Camden Yards where— One of the best relief seasons in the Orioles history yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, even Dan- and even Danny Coulomb this year. Like, we had no idea, you know, that, that, was, that was a dart throw, and he's turned into maybe their second-best reliever right now. Like, right now, mm-hmm. just, you know, has, as Cano. Cano's still great, but, but has— he's, he's been a lot— um, There's been a lot more chinks in the armor recently. Yes, you know, yes. he's been living off that— Now, look, he's still been good. But the way he started those first 14 games where he didn't allow a base runner, um, ever since then, you know, the ERA is still well below three. Um, the whip is still good, not not as good as it was, obviously. You can't get better mm-hmm. than zero. Um, <laughs> but he still, he still gets guys out. Yeah. He still gets guys out, which is what you want from him. But honestly, I think you can make the argument that Danny Coleman, if you if you look at his um, his uh, stat cast, or what is it? Um, Baseball savant, or baseball savant. Yeah. You look at his baseball savant page; he has a lot of red uh, on his baseball savant page. Man, he's been one of the best relievers in baseball this year. And for the Orioles, I mean, he's only walked seven guys all year. He's he's been really good for them. It's an excellent point that you make about maybe he's their second reliever. Their back end is really good. I really just think that they're going to end up trading for middle relief help. And I really yeah. loved Rob Long's point about John Means. Yeah, uh, uh, refresh me on Rob Long's point on John Means. He said, you know, with the limited innings, the innings limit that he's going to be on when he does come back, yeah. that's a guy you put in the middle or long relief and, and just let him kind of get his innings that way because that's what the Orioles really need right now. Yeah, yeah, and I, that is probably, I'm just worried about that we're thinking John Means might be, a, we're expecting way more from John Means than what he might actually be able to provide. I mean, it's going to be like August. Is he really even going to be ready by August? Like, are we sure? Because he hasn't started any sort of th- Well, they, he was supposed program. to be ready by July uh, before he had the, the sh- muscle strain, the, the muscle strain in his yeah. scapula, right? Which is no joke, man. Right, I, right. I, I pitch, and if my scapula hurts, man, it's really hard to pitch. Um, and so they kind of pushed it back to hopefully by August. And Rob Long's point is you know, there's a lot of people that are thinking that John Means is going to be like a, a, a trade deadline acquisition for your starting rotation. He ain't going to be that guy. Right. He's not going to be no-hitter John Means exactly. uh, by August. He won't be that guy again maybe till middle of next season. You saw how long it took for Chris Sale to get back, and he still hasn't gotten back to being Chris Sale. You know, so He just went down again, I think. Yeah, didn't the, the, yeah. I mean, you have no idea how John— Now, John Means, you can just tell by the way that, that he's built— that he's a uh, yeah he's a, a big gym, guy Jim yeah. Rat he's yeah. in, he's in great shape he takes care of himself so you're you're confident that he can come back and do the things necessary to get back to where he once was but that ain't happening this year right especially with the setback like you said which is why it makes more sense to have him instead of having him start a game and go three or four innings have him be in long relief middle relief have him go out there and be, do what he can for an inning or two and or. Maybe great, three. Yeah, a great piggyback with Grayson. You know, Grayson mm-hmm. goes five, and then and then or or even four, four or five, whatever you can get out of Grayson, I guess. Which I guess that's probably another conversation. What what, yeah. what do we do with Grayson Rodriguez? He's been shoving down there. Yes, man. he really has. He still gives up a home run every start, but he's been absolutely shoving down there. I think that maybe it's time. He's not that far away from getting called back up, and we're gonna talk with Jim Callis about that here in just about seven minutes, where we're gonna see. You know what else he needs to do to get back up here. But Grayson Rodriguez is one of the guys I'm factoring into the Orioles rotation mm-hmm. for the for the stretch run here. And we're getting close to that stretch run. Why do the Orioles need to wait to the deadline to make yeah. a move? Yeah. Um while we're talking about the, kind of talking about the farm, uh 
Justin Armbruster is very interesting. I, I like him a lot. Um, obviously, he's only made two AAA starts, but he, he went, uh, I believe, six innings yesterday. Uh, I will pull up his his full numbers from yesterday. He, in his second AAA start, five and two thirds, he allowed two runs. He had seven strikeouts. He's made he's had seven strikeouts in his first two AAA starts. So one last week, one last night, um, and he only struck out forty three in uh, sixty two uh, innings with Bowie uh, uh, so far this season. So so interesting that his strikeout numbers are up. But he's one of those guys that kind of pitches the contact, and he'll and he'll just give you innings. Um, obviously, he, there's not a whole lot of hype hype around him. Um, but if the Orioles are really struggling with with you know this this the rotation as they are at the moment, and we obviously cannot trust Cole Irvin, uh, I feel like that's something that might be some he might be a guy to keep an eye on. Obviously, it'd be a quick jump. He's only made two starts at AAA. Yeah. Um, and whether that he comes up in August or or even later or even slightly before. Um, but we you know we've seen pitchers uh, the, the just the Mariners. Bryce Miller came straight from Double A, and he was great in his first several starts uh, for Seattle. And then I think George Kirby last year also came straight from Double A for yeah. Seattle. Um, maybe it's just a Seattle thing, but it you know guys can Felix Bautista as we just talked about. He yeah. jumped all the way up to the majors and was a, a lights out closer. Oh, absolutely. And, and Jordan Armbruster, that's that's a good point. Justin that, Armbruster. I'm sorry, Justin yes. Armbruster. I don't know why I said Jordan. Uh, Justin Armbruster. You, Jordan you, Westberg. You, everybody. There's a lot yeah, of J's in yeah, the right. system. Um, Joey you, Ortiz. Exactly right. And you, you talk about um, Armbruster and. Solid college career. Mm-hmm. He's had nothing but success in professional baseball. 12th round pick in 2021, who's already a AAA. Uh, that's a guy who could be intriguing. I just don't know that he's a guy who's ready to help a big league club. Mm-hmm. I, he's more of a guy that if this was last year or 2021, you're like, all right, let's call this guy up and see what he can do in a handful of starts at the big league level. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, you'd definitely be asking a lot out of him. And and that's in, the other thing. In the midst of a wild card pennant chase you know in that, August that's what people also have to consider man is like yeah we want Westberg up here we want Kowser up here we weren't we want Kerstad Grayson you know Armbruster we want these guys up here this is a team in contention for the playoffs They're the number one wild card seed right now by a good bit do you really want to have half your team be rookies making their big league debuts and you know going through the struggles that rookies go through when they make it to the major leagues I mean Westberg you know, we saw last night he had the pinch hit thing, which I knew he was going to pinch hit, and I knew it wasn't going to go well. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things where he's going to have his struggles. Gunner, we saw how how mightily he struggled the first two months of the season, how he's struggling a little bit again right now. Uh, you you should expect the same thing. Nobody's going to hit the ground running. Yeah. Some guys do. Ellie De La Cruz really got off, shot out of cannon. Mm-hmm. But most guys take their lumps at the big league level can you afford to do that with half your roster yeah and the argument to do it i think is that it's july right now you want them to struggle in july and mm-hmm. then when august and, and september come roll around there they figured it out and they're able to help the big league club another another excellent point it's yeah. that the orioles have a lot of work to do and, and it's weird to say that because again they are 16 games above 500 they but they have lost three in a row to teams that you would think they should be able to handle um, and they've lost because of the things that we've talked about all year. Now, we, meaning me and Zach, you've, this mm, is your first yeah, yeah. show, but um, the, the struggling bullpen, the middling starting rotation, the lack of a real threat in the middle of the order, um, it's these things are kind of snowballing together at the same time now, and you're seeing what happens to a team when all of their weaknesses are glaring at the same time. And that's what's happening to the Orioles right now. And, you know, I, I said last night the wheels are coming off. That doesn't mean I think that the Orioles suck. It just means I think, again, that those weaknesses are all 
coming to the forefront at the exact same time. And when that happens, it's going to be a rough stretch, especially when it's happening as they're heading into July where they've got to play nothing but playoff contenders the entire month. You're talking about the Yankees, the Phillies, First the, series, the, the you know, Rays, in New the York. Twins, the, the Dodgers, the Phillies. You've got to play uh, the Rays. You've got to play all of these teams in July. It's going to be really tough. It is. Really tough. It Although is. September looks kind of like a cakewalk. <laughs> September looks like a fairly... Careful what you say. It, it, <laughs> uh, of course, but September kind of looks like... It's just nice to see that the Orioles have a bit of a softer schedule for mm. the month of September. So hopefully... You know, Kowser and Kerstad are, and Westberg are finding yeah. that that big league uh, gear, that next gear for yeah, themselves. Yeah, Kerstad's interesting. I mean, because there's definitely an argument for him to be here. No, yeah. I mean, not not this week, but yeah, like, right. I mean, number two overall pick in the draft in 2020. He's going to be 24 years old, and Arizona Fall League uh, MVP last year. He continues that into spring training. We had a big spring training. He dominated Double A. He's been killing Triple A. Killing Triple yeah. A. This is a guy who's coming and coming fast. You know, it, it, when Kowser gets here, West, I'm Westberg, Kerstad's right behind him. You yeah. know, so it's I actually predicted Kerstad would make it here before Kowser. And maybe he plays first base because they have been using him at first they've base. They've been doing that Norfolk. too. Again, mm-hmm. we're going to talk with um, Jim Callis about that to see exactly how good he's looked over at first base. We've really got to catch yeah. a break. Uh, today's show brought to you by Pressbox's Glenn Clark Radio, which is a definitive place to find the best daily discussion of Baltimore sports and Griffin Bass. Uh, right. Watch the show every weekday from 10 to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio with podcasts available on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You never know who might pop up on GCR. This week, the Orioles called up, the guys called up with the Orioles slugger Ryan O'Hearn, 4th of July hot dog king Joey Chestnut, and Orioles legend Scott McGregor. You can find those interviews and more right now in the Glenn Clark Radio Week in review feature at pressboxonline.com online.com when we come back in from mlb pipeline jim callis joins the show that's next on the battle round hey O's fans the birdland summer music series presented by miller light continues at oreo park at camden yards on friday june 30th with dj diesel aka shaquille o'neal after the orioles take on the minnesota twins at 705 stay post game to watch dj diesel live from the infield the concert is open to all fans who attend the game with the option to ask special on-field access for just 35 dollars you can get up close and experience the biggest DJ in the world live at Camden Yards. Get your tickets at Orioles.com music. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one 800 gambler all electronic tolling is here to stay in maryland and driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier we're maryland's tolling resource home to easy pass pay by plate and video tolling it's never been easier to pay your way driveeasymd.com will keep you moving the Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley bomb, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. 
Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It's our Independence Weekend celebration starting on Friday the 30th with our Pride Night. A special ticket package gets you a Bay Sox rainbow hat. And then July 1st through 3rd, major fireworks shows each and every night with a special jersey auction on sale. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at BaySox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches. And top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? Welcome back into the batter round. Uh, show rolling right, rolling right along here on a warm and muggy Saturday that's kind of overcast. I feel like it's rained every day for a month. It's been awful weather. Yeah, well, we didn't have rain for, what, I guess three straight weeks? And, yeah. then, and then it felt like every day this week, or it was wearing a delay. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, my, oh my gosh. And uh, So I, I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning every every day to go to the gym, and every, uh, the, the, every game in the Red Series, there was a rain delay, another rain delay, uh, there were three rain delays total in the Red Series between the first two games. And the last game took almost four hours, and they went into extra innings. And I still didn't get to sleep till after midnight because of it. So I've been—I'm tired, man. I haven't—I haven't caught up yet. But nobody cares about that. We've got Jim Callis to talk about some Orioles prospects and the upcoming Major League Draft uh, from MLB Pipeline. We do have Jim Callis. Good morning, Jim. How are you today? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing really well, really well. Orioles uh, still have the number one farm system in baseball, number one overall prospect in your latest rankings. Uh, Jackson Holiday hits the walk-off home run for Aberdeen last night. Uh, Jim, Jackson got off to an incredible start. He cooled off a little bit in June. Hit th- he slashed 372, 500, 628, 1128 through May between two levels, and then 225, 380, 325, 705 in June heading into last night. Has the league kind of caught up to him a little bit hard to ask that after he hits the walk-off home run last night, or is he just kind of going through the normal trials and tribulations of a, of a professional season? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're going to have hot cold streaks. I mean, he's still he's still 19 years old in high A, walking almost as much as he struck out. You know, I just think he went through a little bit of a bolt spell, but, 
you know, I think the question, I know I'm kind of, as I watch from afar and I've got kind of, say, one eye in the draft, it's probably more like one and three quarters eyes on the draft <laughs> until we got to get to the draft. Like, are we going to see him in double A before the end of the year? I mean, he's, you know, it's crazy to say this, but I think he's the number one overall pick. So far, he's exceeded expectations and, and moved even quicker and been even better than we than we thought he was going to be. Now, Jim, you and I, when we last spoke, it was around uh, November, and you said that you expected that he could be in the big leagues as early as the second half of 2024. Now, is that still your line of thinking, or has that uh, has that progressed, or are you still are you thinking maybe it's a little further away than that? No, I still think he could. I mean, I don't know if they're necessarily going to need to do that. I mean, they're obviously playing well. They've got you know more infielders than they have spots, so I don't think they have to rush him. But I mean, we're talking about a guy who. I do think we may see in double-A before the year's over. Um, and, yeah, I, I think we could see him at some point in the second half of 2024. I mean, early 2025 would probably be a safer pick. But, again, I mean, if he continues to produce like he's produced every step of the way, and I don't see any reason why the Orioles aren't contending next year, I think you're going to get to a point at some point during the year that he's going to be probably better than somebody in the Orioles lineup, and it'll be time to call him up. Uh, and that leads me to another infielder who's a top 100 prospect, and that's Joey Ortiz. The glove looks to be elite. In 61 career games at AAA, he hits 345 with a 400 on base percentage. When he got called up to the Orioles for an extended period, he was growing cobwebs on the bench. Are you surprised that he hasn't taken over at shortstop for this team? Because for me, I think that's the move to make, and they just haven't done it yet. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, it's tough to get acclimated to the big leagues when you aren't playing regularly. I, I know they have a lot of respect for him and Teo, who's played very well defensively, can obviously run, and has done very little with the bat this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's a natural move to make at some point. I mean, you're not giving up anything with the glove at all. I mean, he, Ortiz might be better even than Mateo defensively. Yeah, I mean, he's not the runner Mateo is, but I would think that Joey Ortiz is capable of putting up 618 off, which is what you know Mateo's done so far. Um, yeah, I it's tough. I mean, the team's playing well. You know, sometimes you don't. You know, and I, I can't speak to like maybe you know if Mateo is well liked, and I do know they have a lot of respect for his glove. You don't want to put him on the bench. It's, you know, yeah, Ortiz has options. You know, it's easier to sit the rookie than sit the veteran. But sometimes you have to make those tough calls, and and I agree. With like, I think it's kind of getting to the point with the year that Mateo's had offensively that you probably do need to see what Ortiz has to offer if you let him play every day and, and get a chance to get regular at that. Yeah, an infield that wraps around the horn going, you know, Westberg at second, Ortiz at shortstop, and Gunnar Henderson at third base. That becomes one of the most exciting young infields, in in my opinion, in the game right now. I, I, I think that that makes the Orioles the best they can possibly be uh, in the infield. So we'll see if that's what's going to come to fruition here down the line. Got a couple of guys in their outfield, although one of them's also been playing a, a good bit at first base. Heston Kerstad and Colton Kalzer. Colton Kalzer, I have to imagine, Jim, that the only reason he's not in the big leagues right now is because the Orioles have one of the most productive outfields in baseball. Is that uh, correct thinking on my part there? Yeah, I, I'm thinking along the same lines as you. I mean, Hayes, Mullins, and Santander are all playing well. Rhino Hearns been giving them a lot of production on the DH spot when he's played, too. So there just hasn't been an opportunity really to, to squeeze him in. And you don't want, you know, like we are just talking about our piece, you don't want to call the guy up 
and then you know give cows or you know start every three or four days because it, it's just really hard to get into an offensive rhythm when you do that. But yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> I mean, I, I we, we there's so many superlatives you could throw at this farm system. I mean, I've never seen a farm system in a calendar year have the number one prospect in Adley Rutschman. Then he go, he goes up the big leagues, graduates off our list. They have the number one prospect in Gunnar Henderson. He goes up the big leagues, graduates off our list. And they have the number one prospect in Jackson Holiday. But I was going to say, like, it's amazing that Hauser just continually gets overshadowed, and that guy has done nothing but perform everywhere he's been. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's a career 300 hitter with an opt over 900, uh, you know, drawing, you know, plenty of walks in his minor league career, and he doesn't get talked about a lot. Like, it's it, 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 it's crazy. I mean, we just bumped him up. We, you know, we kind of tweaked the top of our top 100 list. He's number 14 on our top 100 prospects list, and I think by far he's the most anonymous uh, of the top 15 or so guys on that list. Yeah, it, 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 it seems like it. Outside of Baltimore, I don't hear anybody talking about Colton Kowser. And you look at maybe his one weakness was his inability to hit left-handed pitching last year, 194 versus left-handed pitching last year. He's turned that into 302 this season. You know, So getting back to being able to hit left-handed pitchers has been awesome for him, and he just there's not a spot for him right now. I keep trying to tell fans that, that look, Kowser would be here if there was a spot for him, but you're not going to take productive big leaguers and bench them for a productive minor league player. That's just not how it works. Um, and then Heston Kerstad, you know, Arizona Fall League uh, MVP. Then he dominates uh, spring training. Then he dominates double-A. And now he's more than holding his own at triple-A. Is he on Kowser's heels uh, for a promotion as well? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, he's, you know, he got off last year when he finally came back. His career was delayed because of the myocarditis and then a the hamstring injury. Yeah, he tore it up at Del Marva for three weeks, and then he went and struggled at Aberdeen over the last, like, six weeks of last season. And so, you know, it was like, okay, you know, how good, you know, is he really? Like, those were both kind of small sample sizes. He was great in the fall league, which, look, admittedly, that's an offensive league. But, you know, this year he's come back um, and looked like the same guy that he looked like in the fall league. I mean, he, I think he's going to be a power over hit guy, but he's going to hit, you know, you know, more than enough. You know, we're not talking, you know, Joey Gallo, where he's going to hit 190 with, with, with power. Uh, you know, I think this is a guy who could hit 260, 270 with 30-plus homers a season. Um, and he plays solid right field. And he's also played, you know, some first base um, as well. Now, at first base, it, how has he looked over at first base? Are the Orioles doing that because they don't have a, a really a top prospect for that position in their minor league system? It's really the only position they don't have covered uh, in the system. Is that why he's getting some run at first base so they can find a way to get him quicker? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you just talked about how, you know, there's not room for Colton Kowser right now in the lineup. And so if you keep Kerstad in the outfield, there's not room. I, I don't know if they're moving permanently for space, but look, Mount Castle's been banged up. You know, who knows what Ryan O'Hearn's going to give you over the, the, the full year. And, you know, I think it's a case more of, you know, at this moment right now, we don't have an obvious spot for him. So let's see how first base looks to, to increase his chances. You know, another guy who they're going to have to pick at first base down the road is Kobe Mayo. Because, like, yeah. you know, if, if holidays, if, well, it's like there's not room for everybody. It's insane. But if Paul, let's say, well, no dis, no disrespect to Joey Ortiz, but let's say holidays your shortstop and Hunter Henderson's your third baseman, Kobe Mayo's going to have to play first at some point, too. Um, yeah. And I think, like, we kind of felt like he might be headed there anyway. So that, that's, I don't necessarily think that 
that, that long-term, uh, you know, Kerstad is necessarily being viewed as first base, but it's just in the short term, that might be the way to get at bat. But I think long-term, Kobe Mayo is probably your first base. I, you know, it's going to be fun. I mean, they basically have six infielders for four spots and five outfielders for three spots. And that's with me not knowing whether you want to count Connor Norby as a second baseman or an outfielder. So, I mean, it's a good problem to have. It's an excellent problem to have. And some of these guys are going to get traded, too. That's just the nature of the business that, you know, if you want to acquire that frontline starting pitcher to get you over the hump and win some playoff games for you, you're going to have to trade some of these prospects. So they, they've they've got, you know, a plethora of excellent players. And not all of them are going to play for the Baltimore Orioles in the big leagues. And that's it's hard to convince fans of it, but that's not the worst problem in the world because it's only going to make you better in the long run. And then, Jim, finally, before we get to some draft talk here, I want to ask you a little bit about Grayson Rodriguez. He struggled in the majors. He was Every other start was really good, and then the other starts were really bad. But he's dominated in the minors. It's tough because a playoff contender really can't afford a project, but he has nothing left to prove in AAA, in my opinion at least. Uh, the command suffered in the majors. The home run ball has plagued him at both levels this season. Are we still viewing him as an ace-like starter? What have you noticed about him that has made the adjustment to the big leagues a little bit bumpier for him? Yeah, I think, I mean, I still think he's a front-line starter. I mean, the thing to remember is even count this year, he's barely pitched, you know, 300 innings in the minor league. So it's yeah. not like he's gotten a lot of innings. You know, he lost a full year to the pandemic. Um, you know, he had the lat injury last year. He's only gone over 100 innings once. So he, he, he's flown through the minors, but he hasn't necessarily accumulated a lot of experience. And I just think, you know, this year, like you noted, I mean, the biggest issue has been the command. I, I don't think there's any problem with the stuff. Um, you know, big league level, if you aren't locating your pitches well, you're going to get hammered. You can get a buy with it a little bit more, you know, in AAA. And and you're right. I mean, you know, I think that's, you know, he's not the first young pitcher who needs to refine his control and command. I think that's the issue. Um, you know, and you, but you also hit the nail on the head. Like, they're playing really well. So, like, as opposed to, say, last year when he probably would have been called up, you know, around the same time as Adley if he had had, you know, the lat issue, you know, they could have, you know, rolled him out there every fifth day and let him take his lumps and, and work through some things. You can't really do that when you're a viable playoff contender. I, I think, I think we'll see him back up pretty quickly. I, I still am very bullish on his long-term future. Um, it just, you know, like you said, you know, circumstances change in Baltimore. The Orioles are winning, and he doesn't have a long leash to figure things out at the big league level as he would have, you know, in any of the previous three or four years. But um, no, I, I think the future's still extremely bright, even for all his struggles in the big league. He still struck out 56 guys in 45 minutes. I mean, he was missing bats. It's just, you know, about making fewer mistakes so you aren't getting pounded when you do. Um, it'll be interesting. I, you know, I still feel, you know, they've, they've, they've been pretty healthy in terms of their starters this year. Um, you know, cause I think outside of five guys in the rotation now in Grayson, what the Keegan A can make like one start, like uh, as an opener, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, like, in all likelihood, not everybody's going to stay perfectly healthy all season long, and we'll probably see him back in the big league too. And it's not like Cole Irvin is lighting it up either. So, I mean, I think we'll see him probably sooner rather than later if he continues to, to pitch well in AAA. Yeah, and that, that could be big for the Orioles if he comes back and looks like the AAA guy. And and look, like you said, 56 strikeouts in 45 innings, and this is a guy who really did show flashes. There were some dominant starts from him. It's just they were, they were you know, the ones following it were really, really bad 
in the other direction. So we'll see what happens with that. Now let's get to the draft here. Orioles pick number 17. It's the first time that they're picking below really the top five in, what, five years now? So and it's also the first time that I haven't seen a unanimous pick where multiple people agree it's going to be the same guy. There's a number of guys. Yeah. Those two things are related, Paul. <laughs> yeah, no. Those two things are related because they're picking so low. Absolutely, absolutely. And in your latest uh, mock draft for MLB Pipeline, you have the Orioles taking right-handed pitcher Hurston Waldrop out of Florida. Uh, It would be a first for this regime, Jim, to to take a pitcher in the first round. Um, Is that just because that's the guy who's showing up the most in the mock drafts right now, or is that somebody who really think that the Orioles could take a a shot on um, heading into the draft? Well, I think it's both. I mean, like when I do a mock draft, I try to go based on, like, the, you know, the, whatever intel I have at the time. And I keep coming back to Waldrop. I just think they're focused in on it. And, and the tough thing about 17 is just figuring out who's going to go ahead of them. I mean, there's probably seven, there's probably eight guys I can cross off with certainty. No chance to get to 17. And then you have a group of about 20 players, and most of them are high school or, or college position players, who are probably going to be, you know, 20 of the next 22, 23, 24 picks. And you just don't know who's going to get to him. Um, I do hear Hurston Waldrop a lot. You know, I don't know if any of your, your listeners, you know, watched him in the College World Series. You know, I mean, all things equal, I think the Orioles would like to get an arm. I mean, that would be a greater need. We talked about all these position players. They don't have room for everybody. But you don't necessarily draft a need. You're taking the best guy in, in the first round. Um, you know, I think Waldrop's the guy to move quickly. There is, I think, some reliever risk with him, you know, because – he, he relies heavily on a splitter. It's more of a chase pitch. You know, I mean, most splitters are. You aren't throwing splitters in the strike zone. Um, and, he, you know, he gets sometimes get into ruts where he gets behind. And, you know, he throws hard, but it's not, you know, if he doesn't locate the fastball well, it can get hit sometimes. So, like, you could dream that he could be a starter and he could move fairly quickly. And in the end, he might wind up as a reliever. You know, I mean, it's late inning stuff. You know, it's potential closer stuff. But he's a guy... He's the only pitcher who I think really led that that could get to that spot. You know, maybe they would take a high school pitcher like Thomas White. Oh, I think Thomas White could go ahead of him, too. If it's not Waldrop, then I think there's a ton of bats who could be in play at 17. You know, among that group of, like, 20 guys, I said, and it just that depends on who, who gets, gets to them and who goes before them. Yeah, and in that latest mock draft, you mentioned prep bats, Aiden Miller, Arjun uh, Namala, uh, Blake Mitchell, Bryce Eldridge. Um, you also linked Arizona outfielder Chase Davis to the Orioles. Um, we've just talked about how the Orioles have too many guys for too little positions in both the infield and the outfield, but you also want to take the best player and you worry about where they're going to play later once they're knocking on the door for you. Um, if you if it was to be one of those prep bats or that college bat, which one do you think would be the, the best pick for the Orioles to be an everyday solid big league player? Yeah, and I'd say another name I've heard too lately is Florida Atlanta first baseman Nolan Chanuel, who had crazy offensive numbers this year in college. Um, if it were me making a pick, and I could have any of those guys, mm-hmm. I really like Aiden Miller, and I, I think Aiden Miller has a chance to get to him. He, he's a he'll be a third baseman in pro ball, Florida high school third baseman, and you know it's interesting. So. He was the best hitter on the high school showcase circuit when these guys are going to various tournaments and events last summer. Aiden Miller was the best high school bat. And he came out this year and he broke his handmate. He didn't play very much this year. Um, and I think, like, it, it, 
it's weird. It, makes, it doesn't make sense to me, and it's going to sound silly. But like your stock's taking a little bit of a hit, not because people feel like, like people come back from broken him. It just takes time. Not that people feel it's going to affect him long term. It's just you couldn't go out and lay eyes on him, you know, hitting great this spring. He had the broken handmade. And to me, Aiden Miller should probably go in the top, like he should go in the top 10 to 15 picks. Like, no doubt in my mind. Like, not that I'm not, I'm, I'm right about all this stuff, but like, he should not get to the Orioles. But I think there's a chance he does get to the Orioles. So, of the guys I've thrown out there as candidates, he would be the best one. And, like, I know I said you know, we're going to have Gunnar Henderson the third um, and, you know, probably Westberg or Ortiz second, Holiday short, and who knows what we do with Connor Norby and Kobe Mayo goes over to first. So, I know, like, yeah, from a need standpoint, they don't need another infielder. But I, I think you just take the best guy. And you know what? Like, if you if, – if Aiden Miller develops like you hope and a lot of these guys develop like you hope at the big leagues and you don't have a spot for them, you know, then you trade Aiden Miller for, you know, a top-flight pitch down the road. Then that, that, that's why, like you were saying, you take the best guy because you're not asking these guys to be in the lineup today. You're not asking them to be in the lineup next year. Whoever you take at 17 realistically – 2025 would be a pretty quick trip to the majors. And who knows what the big league club will look like in 2025. Yeah. And like, like we were saying, like if you have so many great players and you don't have enough places to play them, then you trade some of them for pitching. So you, you just take the best guy at 17. And in my mind, the best case that, that's realistic would probably be 8-0. And then finally, Maryland shortstop Matt Shaw. You have him going 19th in your uh, latest mock draft. You have him as your number 16 overall prospect. More walks and strikeouts this year. 24 homers, 69 RBIs. He's got 46 home runs the last two years. MVP of the Cape Cod League. Could you see the Orioles bringing a local guy uh, into their into their team in the first round? Yeah, absolutely. Like it's one of those things I could list a bunch of guys because a bunch of guys would make sense for the Orioles. And it's funny. So like when you're doing a mock draft, like I will list other candidates. Obviously, when I'm writing about these guys. But when you're doing a mock draft, you, obviously, when you make your pick, you can only give one guy to each team. Sure. And so this will sound funny. Like, you write a mock draft like I do, and I look at it. Like, I just told you, like, Nolan Shanwell, who I was mentioning for Atlantic, I had going 21 to Cardinals. He could actually go as high as, like, 11 to the Angels. And, like, so I look at Nolan Shanwell at 21, and I'm like, he's probably going to go higher than that. But, like, I had to put only one in per team. I would say the same thing with Matt Shaw. I think Matt Shaw's got some helium. I think – I have Matt Shaw going 19 to the Rays. That's just the way I had this draft work out. I think there's a good chance that Matt Shaw could go 10th or 11th to the Marlins, Marlins or the Angels. So, yeah, I think he definitely would be in the mix for the Orioles if he's there. I don't think he's going to play shortstop in pro ball or certainly at the major league level. I think he's going to be a second baseman. But you point out, I mean, he hit at Maryland. I mean, Maryland's ballpark is kind of the dimensions are a little bit ridiculous. So, a lot of guys hit at Maryland. But, like, he was going to be the Cape Cod League. I think everybody I've talked to really believes in Shaw's bat. I think he, he's moving up boards. And so <laughs> this makes no sense. Even though I have him going 19th in my mock draft, if I had to bet, I, I bet that he probably doesn't even make it to Baltimore. So, yeah, I, I think if he's there, I had a bunch of high school guys going ahead of the Orioles, and it may not shake out that way. Um, and so, yeah, I think he definitely would be in the mix if he's there at 17. I'll tell you that the Baltimore Orioles fans would go absolutely bananas if they took a Maryland shortstop in the first round, people would be, it, it, it would be a party. It would be an absolute party. And he's really so. good. He's really good. I mean, it wouldn't be, hey, we're taking the local kid because it's cool. Like, Matt Shaw is really good. And I bet if we got, you know, Mike Elias or Brad Stiolik on the 
uh, on the show right now. If we called them up and they and asked them, do you think Matt Shaw gets to 17? They probably would tell us no. Yeah, he had a really great year for a really good Maryland team that they kind of had a disappointing end of their season, but they're 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 going to be good for a while, and he was at the forefront of that for for sure the last two seasons. So, Jim, always really great when we get a chance to talk to you. I know you've got a lot of stuff going on with the draft coming up in just eight days, so I appreciate you taking the time. You got a couple more mock drafts coming for us before we hit that draft next Sunday? We've got Jonathan Mayo will have one on Friday, and then we will do a, a double mock. Saturday night going into Sunday. Sometimes we do a names-only mock or we revise the top of the mock Sunday, depending on how busy we are running around getting ready for the broadcast. So we'll have at least two more mocks and maybe some some sort of update between now and the draft next Sunday. Excellent. We look forward to all of your draft coverage. You and Jonathan do such a great job every year on that. And you guys are some of the hardest-working guys in sports. So we do appreciate your time. Always love talking with you, Jim. Hope to talk to you again down the line. Enjoy your draft week, all right? Okay, yeah, thanks, Paul. I appreciate the kind words, and we'll, we'll see who the Orioles get. And it just it feels weird not uh, like like in the past we could really narrow it down. This year it's just kind of have to wait and see who, who goes ahead of them before we can figure it out. I got I got to admit, though, I love that, it's at, that we're at that point, though. I'd rather have this well, than the other. It, it, and then they're going to probably be kicking even lower next year. So Yeah, exactly. All right, Jim, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon, all right? Okay, take care. Take care. That was Jim Callis joining us for another excellent segment. Not only one of the hardest working guys in baseball, he's also one of the nicest guys in baseball. So is Jonathan Mayo, for that for that matter. I've always had a great rapport yeah. with Jonathan Mayo, man. They're just really cool guys to talk to, and they know a lot about baseball, which I love. So awesome to have him on the show. Really looking forward to the Orioles draft. Have no clue who they're taking. <laughs> There's a couple of guys that if they took them, including Matt Shaw, I would be through the roof excited about it. So uh, we got to catch a break. Uh, when we come back in, we'll do take to rake and the bet around and then close things out with final thoughts. All of that next on the bet around. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Hey, Birdland, watch the Orioles in action against the Minnesota Twins at Camden Yards on Saturday, July 1st at 4.05. Be one of the first 30,000 fans 15 and over to receive the Birdland Hawaiian shirt. Arrive early for one of our most popular giveaways and for early bird Saturdays. Gates open two hours before first pitch every Saturday home game with happy hour, live music, and more. Enter vacation mode and purchase your tickets today at Orioles.com slash tickets. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one 800 gambler Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get, so get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. Not Glenn Clark. Paul Valley here with Griffin Bass. So we do kind of have a Glenn Clark um, radio vibe going on. Uh, he's the yeah. producer who yeah. replaced me on Glenn Clark Radio. And usually our break three music is old Glenn Clark Radio uh, theme music, which mm. is just awesome. It's do you, have you ever heard it? Uh, I feel like I might recognize it, but I can't think of it right off, it, off, off the top of my head. It, it is, is it, unequivocally it's the, it's, awesome. It's the best. Uh, it's the best interest. Okay. It, it okay. is really good. I I enjoy it thoroughly. Zach and I always sit here and just kind of let it play for for about thirty seconds when we come back from our third break, and um, because it's just it's it gets you going. It gets mm. the juices going. The juices the juices flowing. It makes you feel good about yourself and about your life. You know what I mean, or or maybe not. Maybe that's an exaggeration. But uh, sorry, I'm trying. We, I couldn't remember who we took. Zach had to remind me uh, for take to rake. Take oh, to rake. oh my God, they had <laughs> they legitimately. So Zach took Gunnar Henderson. I took Austin Hayes, and, and they, they had basically pretty similar weeks. They basically had the same freaking week. Wow. Um. So what do you do? Is this is this is, is this a take to rake first or is this? No, we've had okay. t- we've had ties in the past. Um. How do you measure it? What are the what is the scoring parameters? 
So you, you basically go by who was the most productive. Um, like, so you go by OPS. If they, uh, they okay. average in the on base percentage are similar, you go by OPS and then uh, production. So um, if you uh, give me just a second here. Okay. Let's we'll see if I can. I can't. Fail. I feel like I, it feels. I feels bad that we're having these these uh the, the break issues when I'm here. I feel like because it makes it makes it makes it feel like it's on me. But no, I, no, I no, dude. This, this one, yeah. this one's totally on me. It's simply because of the fact that I have not managed my time well. Um, it's really the the Orioles game went late last night because right. because of that rain yeah, delay. Yeah, we basically had three West Coast games for the Orioles this week. And yeah, then... and the fact that I get up at five o'clock in the morning every day and I'm not getting home till six thirty most days. Um. I just haven't had a lot of sleep, and so it's been it's been difficult for me to keep my eyes open. And and last night that was no exception. I literally and like I said, I had to do double work last night for the uh, the payoff pitch around the league and mm-hmm. for what's yeah. on tap. And that made that took me. I can't even tell you. Like I can't stress enough how freaking long that took to write a re- a game recap. For every game that happened last last night, and then a, a game snippet and preview for every game going on today, and you actually have 16 games going on today because the Yankees a have a double header. So it's you're still doing 30 games, but you're doing 16 for today, and then you still have to write a snippet about the um, about the rainout for the the Yankees and the Cardinals last night, which made it that much more difficult okay. so so i do i have their ops's for the last seven days so I've, I've i've got all that okay. i do have all that and I've, i'm actually just about ready to go here and you and i are going to make a decision on this um all right so austin hayes that's who i took mm. 250 with a 308 on base percentage 292 slugging 599 ops he had a double and he had three rbis gunner henderson 250 batting average, 286 on base percentage, 450 uh, hmm. slugging, 736 OPS, two doubles, a triple, three RBIs. We don't like to have ties here. Their numbers are so damn similar. Yeah. The problem is Hayes slugged 292. He had like four infield hits this week. Right. And his OPS is 599. And Gunner had that triple in Cincinnati. The three-run triple, yeah. you know what I mean? He also had a couple other doubles. The, the slugging is 450, the OPS 736. Neither one of them raked, <laughs> but Gunnar Henderson was was the better hitter. I agree. He was I the think better I, hitter. I definitely agree. I, I I was rooting for you. I really wanted to find a way to you know twist this so that we could say Austin Hayes, but I think Gunnar had the uh, had the better week. Gunnar had had the better <laughs> week for sure, and I am really behind, man. I think I'm. I think Zach has five wins now. I have. Two. Oof, yeah. No, Zach has four wins. No, he has five. He has five wins. I have two. And I started out two and oh. Uh, I have two. And our guests have three or four. I'm really, really far behind. If I want to take home that beautiful former Miguel Tejada, <laughs> now new take to rake trophy for a fourth consecutive season, I got to step my game up. I don't have the advantage this week, though, because since you're in Zach's chair and Zach won, Griffin, you get to pick first. Yes. All right, all right. Who do I want to pick? I because I, I was kind of leaning 
Gunner again. I like. Uh, I kind of like. You know the ballparks that they're going to be in this week. You, uh, know? you know what? Though that's one of the rules. You can't take Gunner because Zach took him last oh, week. You can't really? take the same player. Are we two just weeks making these up now? Or on, no, on no, the fly? This, no. This, this is, is a rule. This is a rule. This is one hundred percent one of these. That's honestly, it's the only rule. It's the only rules. You cannot take a player that we that was taken that you took the week before. So, gotcha. when I, when so I, you're not allowed to take Gunner either. Is that no? I oh, can. You can. I oh, can. Okay. But so like for example, if. Dan Connolly comes on the show and he mm. takes Austin Hayes and he whether he wins or loses if Rich Dubroff comes on the next week he, he cannot take Austin Hayes and that's gotcha. happened it's actually happened a few times this year. <laughs> um all right let me see here who would I want this week. Um I feel like Ryan O'Hearn is due for a big week, you know. Um again I mm. I like the I like the lefties playing in in Yankee Stadium and uh and uh in I guess Minnesota is not quite exactly a, a lefty Lefty friendly ballpark, but really a friendly ballpark to anyone, I guess. Um, hmm. I think I'll go. I'll go with Adley. I think Adley. Adley is very much. He's definitely due a home run last night. The only spark they had. Uh, I think he'll. I think he'll he'll ride he'll ride that, and I'll I'll take Adley for the for this upcoming week. So Adley to rake. Adley, I picked him for for opening day, and he got five hits. Yeah, that, and a home that run. worked so, out. So that I won. Out. Every time I've picked him since then. Like the next time I picked him, he went one for nineteen. The time after, I think he went like three for twenty-four. Um, so me picking Adley has not worked out. It sounds this like year. you picking anyone. It might be a curse. I, well, no, I, I'm the champion. I'm the three-time re- reigning, defending champion. Undisputed. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Little uh, Paul Heyman there. Yeah. Um, I'm so I, I've really got to step it up. I'm taking a guy who I have not taken yet this year. I think I'm taking Tony Taters. All right, Anthony I, Santander. I gotta go with Anthony Santander. You know, he um he came through with a hit last night. He had that four hit game the other day. Had a little bit of a rough June. I think that he's gonna put the team on his back this week and kind of you know guide them through the beginning of a really tough stretch of games here uh, in the month of July. Tony Taters, couple of home runs this week. I think. All right, he's my pick. Stay, take to rake. Be, get hot again. Uh, definitely a a, a a nice high floor pick. I think. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm a I'm a Tony Taters guy. It's so funny, man, because last year, right? I've tweeted a lot of good things about Anthony Santander. A lot of good things. Last year he hit 241, right? And I tweeted, Anthony Santander is not a three hitter. He should be hitting fifth or sixth on this team. And during the All-Star break, Santander went through Twitter, and he liked all of the negative tweets that people put out about him, including mine. And I was like, man, what about all the positive tweets I put out about you? I Because I'm the one who said a few years back, I said, when this rebuild is over, I think the best player to come out of it not named Adley Rutschman is going to be Anthony Santander. He's having a career year this year. He's been, Mm -hmm. you know, he's deserved to hit. The week he had, four. if either of you had picked him last week, you would have been. It would have been yeah, awesome. Yeah, it would have been absolutely awesome. That's why I'm picking him this week. I, okay. I, I got to take a flyer on him. It's not even a flyer. He's maybe the yeah. best offensive player yeah. on the team this year, having a career year. I love and look the guy. I, I'm a big fitness guy. He keeps himself in tremendous shape. He taught himself how to speak English. Yeah, exactly. That, you know what I mean? That's one thing that I, I always I always love seeing that when these guys are able to, to do their on field interviews and then they're able to do them in English. That, yeah, and, and he has, so so refreshing for them and and ha- you know happy for them. He has hard. the translator with him, and he doesn't use him. Right, and he's got—he just seems like a really genuinely nice guy. 
He's got a he's got an infectious personality. Mm. I, I'm a I'm an Anthony Santander fan. Just last year, I thought he should have hit sixth in the Orioles order. <laughs> that, that was all I was saying. But I, I love Anthony Santander taking him for take to rake. Now we're gonna get to the better round here on the bat around. Um, last week I told you to do a parlay. I think it was forty three sixty plus forty three sixty nine because we go hard or go home here. Uh, at, with that, is a, that is a long that is a good long shot there. Well, because yeah. I, I made the parlay myself, I took. Austin Hayes to get a hit, Gunnar Henderson to hit a home run, Julio Rodriguez to hit a home run, and the over on nine runs. Well, the good news was they scored ten runs between the two teams. Orioles won six to four. Julio Rodriguez hit a home run. Yes, he did. Austin Hayes did not record a hit. Gunnar Henderson recorded two hits but no home runs. Mm. So that parlay did not win. I'm tired of hitting some and not hitting some and, and screwing my listeners over. So I'm going to say, I'm going to take today the over on eight and a half. All right. All right. I'm taking the over. The, the muggy weather doesn't bother you, and we'll, 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 we'll get some runs today. Yeah, the muggy, the muggy weather is going to have them hitting some bombs all today. Right. They're going right. to bounce back in Nothing a big way. Nothing off Braddish, though. Nothing off Braddish. <laughs> it's just going to be the Orioles are going to score eight runs on their own. Okay. All right, so it's going to be, uh, I'm taking the, or, the over on eight and a half runs. And you know what? I'm going to go with my guy, not two home runs. I'm going to go Anthony Santander at plus 200 to record two hits. Okay, okay. I like that, yeah. Coming off a, a he's got, yeah, he had a hit last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you got a minus 122 for the over on nine runs, and you have plus 200, plus 200 on Anthony Santander to record two hits. Now, if you take both of them, um, if you t- man, this is great radio. Let me yeah, let, yeah. let, let, yeah, let yeah. me tell you, you take both of them, and you're looking at a parlay that's going to pay you out at plus three fourteen. So you bet ten bucks, you win thirty one forty four. We like to go hard or go home, but I also don't want to keep having my listeners if they do take my betting advice. And I don't know why you would. But if they don't take my if they do take my betting advice, I want them to get a winner here. The first bet around that we did this year, I took Austin Hayes to Homer and I took Alex Verdugo to Homer, and they both homered uh, oh, man. in that game. So we hit the first two and then we went on something like a three for like twenty stretch. It was pretty awful. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna take the over on the eight and a half runs of plus two hundred and Anthony Santan dare to record a hit. Uh, to record two hits at uh, plus 200. I'm sorry. It's minus 122. I'm sorry on the over. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll dish one out. Just a straight bet for me. Uh, I'll do – I like Kyle Bradish today to get seven strikeouts. Twins are the they, – they strike out the most of any team in all of baseball. And Kyle Bradish has uh, – he has been a strikeout guy. I mean, he has he's had at least seven strikeouts in three of his last four starts. Uh, and then the one start he didn't, he only, he only had that one strikeout uh, against Toronto, but he went seven innings. Um but I, I I like I like him I like his strikeout numbers again today against the uh, against the Twins who strike out more than anyone in baseball. Are you taking six plus strikeouts or seven? Plus? Seven plus seven, seven plus, plus strikeouts. I'll take the plus odds there. So over I guess his over or under is at six and a half. But yeah, I'll take seven plus strikeouts plus one sixteen is there what I'm go. saying over on FanDuel. So Zach, I'm glad that you did something because um, Zach is not allowed to. Oh, that's because right. Because he he works for the Guardians as, a, as uh, um, okay. As mm-hmm. an, uh, it's not even amateur scout. He's like an associate scout or something like that. 
And because he does that, he's not allowed to take gotcha. part in this. So I'm glad you picked something because I think that that'll be a lot better for our listeners here. Yeah. So again, uh, Paul's taking the over on eight and a half runs at minus 122. And Anthony Santayon there to record two plus hits at plus 200. It'll pay out 31.46 if you play both of them together. And then Griffin, he's taking Kyle Bryce seven plus Ks at plus 116 against a usually weak Minnesota Twins yeah. uh, lineup. So very good there. Wow, it's twelve twenty-four, man. These shows tend to go long every time. We, That's we, just what happens in this in this studio specifically. It seems. Yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah. we uh, we don't get out of here till twelve forty-five, which it's it's rare these days, but it's always about twelve thirty when we're done here. So, final thoughts. Um, I want to end the show with my final thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts about the Orioles or about the show in general? Um, uh, no, I appreciate you letting me come in today. I was definitely I had a good time hanging around with you, talking a little baseball. Um, let's see, final thoughts. Uh, I. I'm ready. I'm ready for a trade. I'd like, uh, you know, when you and Zach are here next Saturday, I'd like you guys to be able to break down, you know, the new reliever, the new starter, whoever it is that you know that the Orioles brought in, and uh, and is here to to help the team. I guess you know maybe it is a little ambitious by next Saturday, but you know before the you know after the All Star break, I, I'd like them to have you know during the All Star break, I would like them to have you know figured something out. That would be and an, have somebody. And that would be an opportune time to do mm-hmm. it. To yeah. do it over the All Star break. So that you get the nice break. He gets to come into the city, get acclimated to his new teammates, and then come out and whoever the player is and yeah. be able to hit the ground running the first game back. That would be ideal. Um I also would like to see that because of the fact that you have a really tough st- uh, stretch of games yeah. here in in July and you want to add somebody who's going to help you win more than you lose in this month so that you don't fall behind the eight ball, fall behind the Yankees or the Blue Jays in the wild card race. I don't think they're going to fall out of it, um, but it could be a really tough month. you know. And look, we thought May was going to be a really tough month, and they more than held their own that month. September, I mean, June, they were over 500, but I feel like they played under their abilities in June. I'm, I'm with you. I want to see something like that. I want to see yeah. a trade in the next week or two. Yeah. And just to throw out another team, I mean, the Nationals are obviously... Are, 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 we don't see trades between the Orioles and Nationals, obviously, hardly mm-hmm. ever. Um, but you know, uh, I mean, Hunter Harvey obviously would yep. that would be a, a weird trade, I guess, just because of his history with the Orioles. But he's having a great season for yep. the Nats in the bullpen. Kyle Finnegan, even I'm not sure if they want to move on from him, but I love he, Kyle Finnegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about Josiah Gray had a great start yesterday. I, that would probably be a hefty price on Josiah Gray mm-hmm. or, or any of their starters. But you know, they, those are guys that would help this pitching staff without a doubt. Tomorrow starter for the Twins, Sonny Gray. Final year of his deal. He's going to cost you something, but he's not going to cost as much because he doesn't have a contract for next year. Um, so I, I look at that as a guy. Like I really want the Twins aren't a good baseball team. They can't hit, despite what they did last <laughs> night. They can't hit. They have some good pitching. Correa had two hits. He probably won't have two hits for the next ten days. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, so you look at at that team and you look at that division. It's winnable. But I want to see them really kind of fall off so Sonny Gray can put on an Orioles uniform the last couple months of the season uh, and help them get to the promised land because they're not far away from being a legitimate World Series contender this year. A couple of former Oakland A's facing off Sunday. Yeah. Paul Irvin and Sonny Gray. There there you go. There you go. And it's crazy because I thought Sonny Gray's career was over like five, six years ago. And he's really rebounded to be one of the best pitchers in baseball. Over the After last how years. bad he was with with the Yankees, it yeah, looked like he might have been done. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was. And but you know what? We saw that happen to Randy Johnson also, and then he got out of he got out of there and was stellar. You know, so still stellar. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on the trade there. My final thought, and I alluded to this earlier when I talked some trash about him, celebrating human garbage in Major League Baseball, and I say that because. Domingo Herman just threw a perfect mm-hmm. game the other day. 
And this is a guy who was suspended for 80 games for beating up his girlfriend. This is, a, and he's consistently under the microscope for um, having substances, foreign substances on him. He's been called a, a couple of times. They, it, it, we, people continue to see him do it, um, even this year. Which, whatever, man. Everybody used spider tech until two years ago, right? So that's less of a concern for me. This guy beat up his girlfriend and got suspended for 80 games. He shouldn't be in the league. He shouldn't be in the league. And then I'm supposed to be excited that he threw the first perfect game in baseball since 2012? No, man. No, I'm, I was pissed. I was disappointed. Yeah. I don't want to see that guy have success. I don't want to see good things for him. I want to see him fail. I want to see him fail. And I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not vindictive. But when you put your hands on a woman, and to the extent that you get suspended 80 games... You're a piece of human crap, and you have no business playing in the league, let alone throwing a perfect game and being celebrated. And the same thing goes for Aroldis Chapman. And you look at the Yankees, man, and like, oh, you can't grow a beard and you can't grow your hair long, but if you punch women, that's okay because you help us win ball games. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. And they employed Domingo Herman. They employed Aroldis Chapman and only got rid of him because he started to not be that great. So beating women, okay. Not being that great at base, not being as good as you used to be at baseball, but still being pretty damn good. Um... And growing your hair long and growing a beard, not okay. What are we doing in baseball? Orioles fans, I saw Orioles fans yesterday actually lamenting the fact that Chapman got traded to the Rangers. I was thrilled. I was absolutely thrilled because, good, maybe the Rangers got better, but they sold their soul to the devil. And I had, I want no parts of anybody like Aroldis Chapman or Domingo Herman on the Baltimore Orioles because I can't root for you. And I root for the Orioles. The Orioles are my the very first love of my entire life. And they are my passion. And the last thing I want to do is have a person like that on the roster because I want them to win, but I don't want them to succeed. Don't want that guy to succeed. Orioles Chapman, I don't care who he went to as long as it's not the Orioles. I'm good with it. And guys, he's not that good anymore anyway. He, I mean, he's got a sub-3 ERA. He's having a good year, but he ain't. He ain't throwing 105 anymore. So good riddance to him. Hope uh, you know. Good luck to the Rangers. I, you know, I it'll, it'll make it. It'll make it very sweet when in, when we get to a playoff series and the Orioles uh, they throw in a roll to Chapman late in the game and the Orioles get to him and, and take him deep and that'll feel that'll Tony, feel great. That'll Tony feel great. Taters has they, had some success yeah, against him. Yeah, so the, he is, you know. he's not fared well with the Yankees when he faced the Orioles. Yeah, so. yeah. The, uh, Ch- Chapman can go. You know. He can go kiss a curb somewhere, for all I'm concerned. Same thing with Domingo Herman. So that's my final thoughts. Don't hit women. You shouldn't be in baseball if you do. And, uh, you know, just don't be an overall piece of crap human being. All right. Thank you to Griffin for coming in, sitting on the show, and doing a great job. Really, actually, like, really great talking some baseball with you. I wasn't sure sure what to expect because I haven't spoken, talked baseball. Yeah, I know. We haven't talked in a while. You know what I mean? But you did a great job. You really held your own um, you. and helped carry the conversations here with me. So thank you for that. Thank you to Stan for his weekly segment. Thank you to Jim Callis for another excellent segment. He's always a blast to have on the show. Thank you to all of our listeners. Without you, we, we don't have a show. And thank you to our sponsors. Without you, we also don't have a show. So, guys, enjoy your 4th of July weekend. Be, 4th of July weekend. Be safe. Uber. Don't drink and drive. And we will see you next week. See ya!